Hey guys, welcome back to Beer Buddies. Uh, let's see, by now you've listened to our Sierra Nevada podcast, mm-hmm. and Chris did a really great episode on guitar and beer. Ah, well thank you. Um, and this time we have another brewery spotlight. Uh, it's a little bit different, you know, most of the time our brewery spotlights, uh, we use sort of like a three crowler format, and we yeah. drink through those three beers, and we kind of grade the brewery based on um, our impression of those three beers with very little context. Um, mm-hmm. You know, we've noticed as we've done these breweries that we're more familiar with, uh, there's obviously more than just the three beers that go into it. So Urban Roots, we've both been to quite a bit. It's both, you know, for both of us, it's one of our favorite breweries to take people. And then also, um, instead of three crowlers, we're doing four, we're splitting four pint cans. And uh, these uh, these cans are a little unique. Um, this little mixed four pack we're doing. So Chris, yeah. what, what, did, what do you have in store for us? Because you kind of have been driving the bus on this. Well, to the point where we're not really doing crawlers as much anymore. I haven't seen a lot of crawlers as often. Like the ones that we did get before, like when we did like, um, what was it, Davis was Three Mile? Mm-hmm. Where they had just pre-made crawlers and... and you know the fridge you just grab one i've only seen a couple breweries since i think coming out of covid that have actually done that but what we have seen is more of these variety mixers right yeah so we made that transition that the first one we did was the transition to the the four pack of the different torpedoes right Mm -hmm. and then this one is actually as sold as a four pack from urban roots we're seeing this a lot more so this one's a special edition um that's what i'm supposed to be talking about right yeah Uh uh-huh yep you're doing great back on topic doing great (laughs) So, I was at Urban Roots uh, not too long ago with some work pals. It's one of the places I like to take my friends there because I, I work kind of in South Sac, not too far from this place. And it's great. And it's pretty great. It's some good barbecue. I always like the food there. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've never gone there and had bad beer. They don't do like super crazy can releases. They do like barrel-aged stouts and stuff. But this was like a special weekend. This was actually their fourth anniversary. Cool. I believe in Saks. So the original location, not the new chicken restaurant that I've heard is pretty good. Mm-hmm. The original Urban Roots barbecue spot. And I was sitting there with my buddies. Who were, I was having one of these. I think it was that the last beer we're going to have today. I think that's what it is. I'm, I'm not going to say what it is first. We'll get there when we get there. But I, I, I went big and I had a glass of it and said, oh, this is really good. I want to see if they have something to take home. Because it was, the, I think that's their, their newest version for uh, their anniversary. Mm-hmm background every year i guess urban roots makes a new crazy ipa for like their anniversary party so this being their fourth anniversary and traveler's welcome right that's Tra- the traveler's the- welcome is the name of the beer series and so i went up to the counter and i asked the guy i was checking out i said hey um you guys have this whatever crazy beer it was in, in cans right he's like yeah and he started telling me that's hey, part of our series and i said oh it's a series do you have any others and he pointed at the board there's like three or four other travelers welcome up there I was like, you don't happen to have a mixed four-pack of those four Traveler's Welcome cans, do you? He said, actually, we do. I said, all right. <laughs> yes, please. Ring me up, please. <laughs> I'll take one, yes. Ring and me up, uh, quite uh, satisfied, very very excited about um, like reading some of the descriptions. Not even, not even like the, the text on the can, just what these beers are made me really yeah. excited to read on the side of the can. So uh, do you want to talk about the first one we're having here? Sure. Before we jump in real uh, quick, I will say, I guess another thing that'll be different is usually in these brewery spotlights, we try and pick 
sort of like a mixed variety. Like usually we'll go for something hoppy, ah, true. Something something dark and maybe something sour and something certainly something hoppy and something malty and then kind yeah. of those choice for the third depending on what the board looks like and some flight considerations, right? And a variety of variables. And then by testing the breadth of the board, sort mm-hmm. of like the the range, so to speak, yeah, right? Yeah. The lightest and the darkest more or less. Mm-hmm. Um, then we kind of make an assessment of what that brewery is about. And yeah. then in this case, you know, when we sort of grade the brewery out like we normally do for a brewery spotlight, um, all four of these are IPAs. So I think there's some interesting points we can get into talking about the nuances of the IPA game. Mm-hmm. So if you're not into IPAs, um, this episode might be a little bit more to chew through. Um, but if you're at least into the idea of learning a little bit more about beer, there's some new some new things and some nuggets of information that you might pick up on at the very least that'll kind of nuance um you know certainly not all ipas are made the same Mm -hmm. and there's all these different ideas but uh so chris kind of alluded to there's a mixed four pack of their four anniversaries right so the one year anniversary they dropped one of them the two year anniversary they dropped another and Mm -hmm. three and four and so on we're not drinking them in the order they came out in we sort of Read through all the all the descriptions on the can and decided what the what we thought the best flight order would be. And of course, at the end of the podcast, we'll rank the cans and we'll also do our hindsight segment where we talk about if we got the drinking order right as well. Yeah. All right. So, what's this first one, Chris? Ooh. So I'm reading the can. I actually was curious. I didn't look before, but to see if they put the year each one of these came out, whether it was one, two, three, or four. But I don't see that. But this one is called Traveler's Welcome. Double Dry Hopped West Coast Double IPA. Mm-hmm. And it says a Double Dry Hopped West Coast uh, Double India Pale Ale with uh, Chinook, Idaho, Seven, and Citra Hops. Great. Fermented and canned by Urban... Okay, we, don't, we knew that. All right. <laughs> Glass, sir. I commit. There you go. Ah, boy. It's just crawlers, man. It's okay. just—it's the lip on the crawlers. I can't do for some reason, you know. But I have—I've been working on that. Um, you know, I've been talking to some people and working through my issues. Your commitment problems. Yes. You just gotta—you gotta be ready for it. You gotta want it in your heart. You gotta want it. Cheers. Have to drink or it's bad luck. Mmm. This one's a noseful, man. Oh, the aromatics on that. So let's. Uh, so anytime you read something that says uh, dry hops, really what they mean is they brewed the beer mm. normally, like a normal beer, and then while it was fermenting, they basically let a bag of hops, like they put hops in a muslin bag and just let them sit in the beer while it's fermenting to get more of the aromatics. Mm-hmm. Um and potentially even some more fruit-like quality in the beer as well. But mostly the aromatics when it's dry hops. Um, I'm oversimplifying, but for the case of what we're Ooh. sort of getting into, I think. So this is double dry hopped, which means they, you know, put some in while it's fermenting and took them out. And then put some more in while it's fermenting and then did the rest of the process. So, so I mean... This dry hop smell rings of citra to me. Like, they definitely... Yeah. Maybe they used all of it for the dry hop, but this is a citra dry hop to me. Oh, it's very citra. I was going to say it's very floral. It's the, the citra, there's a lot of different ways you can use citra. This one has, like, that blossom smell to it. Mm-hmm. But the beer, you can tell it's... Well, Chinook and, and Idaho 7 are a little, have a little bit of earthiness to yeah. it. Yeah. 
And so I think... The, you took my next point. You keep going. You're well, good. I was, keep, pre- preach on. Let's go. Let's hear it. <laughs> I'm so proud of you. What? <laughs> We've been both doing this for a long time. I know. I'm just... Uh, I'm excited. I was just going to say that if they didn't dry hop it as much as they did, it would just be kind of like a... Not not a dirt beer, but it's one of those IPAs, especially the West Coast are susceptible to this. It's got like a lot of bitter and earth notes to it. Mm-hmm. And there's some people that like that style. Sometimes I'm in the mood for it, but I think... The way they dry hopped it with, it's almost like they dry hopped it with a different uh, flavor profile or smell profile than the original beer on purpose. Yeah. To try and balance out some of that. I think they yeah. did a pretty good job. Agreed. So this was the second anniversary. So we started with number two. How'd you figure that out? What? The second anniversary. It's the second anniversary release on the can. Where? Right here. I was just looking for that. I couldn't find it. The Traveler's okay. Welcome second anniversary release. <clears throat> this one's the nice. first one. Okay. So we're on 2-1. Mm. And so, uh, I thought you were looking for the release date. Well, I think... Well, it was. That's technically, you know, four years ago. It'd be 519, right? 22. So. But since this is the first one. This is 2022. Well, on that's the, 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 the one they canned it. Because they, they remade all four batches for this year. Brand new. Right. Okay, so right? that was, so that's the, that was the, my, my point yeah. was, you know, these beers weren't sitting... Like, IPAs won't last that long. No, they were, this is all fresh brewed, like, the last couple months. Which is cool. I think, you know, I would be interested to, to go out in another year and see if they do all five. And mm. another year after that and do all six. Or, like, what they kind of plan to do. Yeah, that's a oh. cool idea. A, a six vertical, man. Woo. Especially with this first one we're starting off with. I can't imagine trying to drink through all these in like you know what afternoon or on this? like nine percent. Um, oh yeah, you got nine. Per- yeah, you're right. And then what's this one? They're all about like nine ish. No, oh yeah. Okay, They're so hefty. that's They're that's another hefty. thing. You know, we've talked about this a couple times on the podcast, mostly under the guise of brewers intent, IPA. You know, as far as like what is an IPA? What's a double IPA? What's a triple IPA? Nine percent to me, like once you go over at least eight point five, you're no longer in double territory. You are in triple territory. Yeah, that's where the it's kind of the gray line, your gray area. Um, I think we can agree that the brewer's intent was to get turned up on a Saturday. Even though it's a Sunday, <laughs> yeah. we're doing this on a Sunday, but yeah, it's kind it's of a, no. This is a, a four pack of nine percent, man. Um, the brewer's intent was to party. So. The earthiness. And, and and on that note, I think, before we go back here at the earthiness point, uh-huh. the brewer's intent was to make a beer that brewery people, like, like, you know, craft beer enthusiasts were going to be into. Oh, yeah. So they couldn't just make a regular pale or a blonde or no. like something crushable. Like, they, they, I'm sure, wanted to come out with something that had a little bit of complexity to really That's celebrate. What I was just about to say. Was it? Yes. So now we're one for one. I was just about to say the complexity. With a beer like this, you don't want to be flying through a 9% beer. You're going to have a bad time. That's true. It'll catch up to you. With the beer this complex, this is kind of like, I think, why you and I like these uh, crazier beers. You have to spend more time with it. You have Mm -hmm. to slowly go through it. Like, maybe I'll take a mouthful and swish it around a little bit and sip it or drink it slow. And then maybe I'll be like, huh, I think I tasted some part of it. I think there's more there. Maybe I'll get more nose on the next one. So I'll take a smaller sip and I'll try and focus more on the nasal breathing portion of it to get the kind of the, you know, some of the lighter sides, not just the earthy bitter, you know, mm-hmm. try to get some of the, the other flavors out of it. And then now, now I'm like, I'm not just drinking a beer. I've now sipped a beer two different ways in a few minutes. You know what I mean? And I've had slightly different experiences with the same glass of beer. Yeah. Right? And I think that's, 
it's not a bad thing that this is a really complex beer because you're you're having to like explore it. Yeah, it's like a road trip. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, that's also why, you know, a lot of our podcasts, we're like, can you do shorter podcasts? Like, yeah, we've got to pick fewer beers or something. <laughs> or do, like, the New Year's Eve flights of Goose where we just have, like, a, <laughs> a little half sample. ounce of each one. We get <laughs> smashed. Oh. But yeah, so let's, uh, okay, well, we kind of drink through the rest of this. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm struggling. I'm trying to go a little quick because we have a few beers to go through, and I'm, I've, I've only drank about a third of what we poured for each other. Sure. Uh, and so... <laughs> Yeah, it's... It's going to be a minute. A 9%, yeah. Um, but... Uh, so, we've talked about this a couple times. Where is Urban Roots in your top five favorite breweries in Sacramento? I'm not saying best. Top five favorite in Sacramento. And if the answer is yes, where are they in that top five? I would say yes, and I think... I'm not trying to dilute the question too much, but we had different top fives before and after COVID, and Urban Roots, I think, was fourth before COVID, and I think they're still fourth place for me after COVID, even after the, there's some change in the hierarchy and some shifting of the master brewers around town. And mm-hmm. What are your top three, then? You know, Device is probably number two. Okay. They crept up. They were like number 40 for me for a long time. They were bad. <laughs> uh, but something yeah. happened. There's some magic. They have like this, this, I don't know. There's something. They changed something. I don't know what it is, but they're, they're awesome now. They're awesome. Uh, track seven is number one. New Glory used to be my number one. And now I, I haven't had a New Glory beer for like three months. I don't, I don't. It's hard. Yeah. They, they changed a lot real even fast. When, even when New Glory was my number two, which they're not. Mm-hmm. I still conceded that they were the best brewery. The, the, but and they so were throwing down. They were throwing like oh. quad can releases every weekend, and most of it was just killer. It was insane. I've I've never seen anything like it. Yeah. Um, okay, and so number three was de- or yeah, device. No, no number those, th- number two was device. Yep. Number, number three. three is Fort Rock. Okay, for your favorites. Yeah. I don't hate that list. I think yeah. that's cool. And then I, four is Urban Roots. Um. Yeah, I... Who's number five, though? I don't know. I, I mean, this is your list. This is you. I think I was sold. My, my heart was set when we had that pineapple um, beer. I forget it was a pineapple wheat beer at Log Golf. I like I, them a I lot. think they're my number five. They're really underrated. Oh, yeah, they're tiny, too. They're tiny. They're, they're just cool. like that little pocket. Log like off you, you get the ace in your sleeve. Like, boom. Um, if it was talk like actual top breweries, like who's doing the best, I would. I mean, you'd have to put Burning Barrel in that conversation, but they're not in my. <sighs> See, this is my conflict with Burning Barrel. Every time I go there, I, I they have pretty reasonable prices for like tap stuff. Well, not if you get a flight, but well, no, no. Pints. I'm just saying, like, if you get a pint, it's like you're paying the, about the same as you pay everywhere else, but like their take home shit's so expensive. Yeah. And so, like, how do you, how can you afford to try their stuff? Like, I, I know they're making really good beers. I just can't afford to try them. And they've so really stepped up. To, you know, we've we we threw some shade in their direction. Like, well, just for a while they were overrated. they were playing big leagues, but didn't deliver. But now they're they were way overrated for yeah. a long time. Now they're just overpriced. Yeah, like, they, I now they're swinging that. for the fences, man. They're hitting homers. They're, uh, they're, they're doing good. a good job. But I can't afford it. <laughs> I Sorry, I so I will preface it this oh. way like like post pandemic I've been back and forth a lot and I haven't really given device a fair shake, but I'm willing to understand that they're they're probably 
they're at least conversation in the top five. Mm-hmm. Urban Roots a couple years back was actually my number two. Yeah. Um, yeah, what's your top five now? Uh, I don't know that I've been around long enough to have a substantiated opinion because the game's different. Okay. But, yeah, you just got back. You just uh, got I just back. got back, yeah. um, and I've been in and out. But <laughs> track seven, I think, is still <laughs> is still my favorite. If you, um, if you want to say track seven's your favorite, and the other four breweries are the ones in Oklahoma you used to go to, that's fine. That's uh, fair no. answer. No, no, <laughs> um, no. Most, I, I mean, Prairie. Oh. You, we'll put some respect on Prairie's name. Yeah. And then there's a that uh, OK Cider Company, which is oh yeah, beer inspired cider, but super cool. So so dope. I would go mm-hmm. there before I'd go to a lot of breweries because I think there's a lot of breweries. You know, that's the thing with the saturated scene is there's a lot of good breweries. There's also a lot of mediocre ones, and so. Yeah. Um, I think Urban Roots is... I th- it was my number two pre-pandemic. And I'm a little outside of the, the game post-pandemic. A little bit. Um, I'm a big fan, and I don't know that you'd count them as Sacramento. But they have a Sacramento location. And that's Fieldwork. It's one of my favorite breweries. Oh, yeah. We haven't been there in a long time. Fieldwork is so good. Uh, they're technically more of a like a San Francisco Bay Area uh-huh. kind of brewery because that's more they're more of like a Berk like I think Berkeley was the founding location. Yeah, yeah, but, but oh, they're good. They're in the Sacramento scene. Yeah. And, um, uh, so are we I doing... think Fort Rock is is up there. Well, oh, so my favorite. So this is a, my favorite, not the best, right? So these are my five five favorites. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's, it's always subjective. Track seven. We'll do it with my favorites. Yeah. It's track seven. It's Urban. Roots. Sorry, I was trying to like name top five best and be objective. No, fuck objective. Fuck objectivity. Yeah. I can be who I want to be. Subjectivity right is the essence of what we're doing here. Great. I want to be subjective. Yeah. Uh, so it's track seven, <laughs> urban roots, field work. Um, Thin line was there before they were going out. Yeah. Uh, I really love. They're they're not super great, but they're as far as like pound for pound. But I really oh, enjoyed the. Thin spot. line was. That was cool. Uh, I thought it was super cool. That's a cool spot. Um, log off is definitely in the conversation for me. Um, I'm a sucker for claim steak, man. Oh, well, yeah. How could you not like claim steak? But and so I think those are probably my five. Yeah. So um, they were doing a lot of can distro for a while. And they're, they're kind of, I haven't seen as many, but I still see them, mm-hmm. which I think would be good for them because a lot of people probably would never know they existed. They're so they're tiny, and they're in the back end of a business district. I mean, they did a pastry show, right? barley wine. That was Last amazing. Last time I had a growler gang, we did a pastry barley wine. But in any case... Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. They make good stuff. It's just it's a lot of people don't know about them, unfortunately. And they're very small. So do, if they were to keep pushing the cam releases, I think they would do them a lot of good. Right. Agreed. Yeah. And so I think, point being, you know, I wanted to get into that conversation because I know you're very much into the game post-pandemic. And I was, you know, very, very into the game pre-pandemic. And we still agree that, as far as our favorites go, Urban Roots, just from a beer perspective... Yeah, I think is making some of the best beer in Sacramento. From an experience perspective, I could make the case that Urban Roots is providing the best experience pound for pound. Oh yeah, between the food and everything else they're doing. <clears throat> so especially if you are from Sac and you really like that Midtown vibe, or like, um, it's not really. So that's the thing is Sacramento is weird downtown. It's not like San Francisco, New York, like urban like skyscrapers and super dense alleyways it's not really like that it's kind of where urban roots is it's it's downtown it's kind of like south of down south of midtown it's a little more chill Mm -hmm. it's more like townhouses and people with dogs walking around it's it's a really cool experience 
which is like what people tell me when they visit Sacramento or they, they stay here for a little bit. So I have friends that work all over the place. Mm-hmm. Sacramento still feels like a small place, even though it's I mean, we're huge. It's, there's all kinds of shit going on, but yeah, it still has that chill. It's almost like a neighborhood vibe when you go to Urban Roots. Yeah, I mean, it's technically it's partly partly in the neighborhood, but it's still Midtown, but it's super chill. Yeah, and so. You know, I've talked about this a couple times, maybe on the air. I'm sure on the air. If you had to pick one brewery in the Sacramento area, and you're taking somebody on a date, oh, and you're flying blinds, you're just looking for a good spot. The blind date? No, no, no. You're just flying blind in the sense that it's like probably like the first or second date. You mm. know that you know they like beer. Okay. You know they like wine or cider or whatever, right? Like they they drink and they they dabble yeah. and and they're maybe a little bit hipster. Yeah. Right? Like, it's a lot of ifs. And you're going to hold, I'm saying a little <laughs> bit hipster because it's like, okay, if you if you were going to go to a brewery and it's, uh, you're not sure how much they really like beer, but they probably like beer. Like, I think Urban Roots is probably where I would go. Same, but I want to hear your reasoning because I don't know if we have the same reason. And if we do, we're going to high five. Oh, uh, well, first, because it has food. Okay. Well, that was kind of what I was assuming. There's a lot of places um, we can go with food, but there's um, you no. Know. But second, like if I know someone is into craft beer and we're just going for beer, I might actually just go to Burning Barrel because Burning Barrel's got a cutesy aesthetic. Mm, okay. So when you said date, I'm thinking dinner. But if they like beer, we're doing dinner and beer. So Urban Roots is a good place for both in one, right? Agreed. Agreed. So, so the other thing is, is if for some reason we get to the date and she doesn't love beer or doesn't love the options, uh-huh. they also have wine. Yeah, and they have they have lighter beers from other places too. Mm-hmm. It's not just their own yep. stuff. So there's a variety. That's what I was going to say. So it, it makes it it's so that the, it's not... Urban Roots is the Sacramento pizza port, right? Yeah, it's it's a, it doesn't corner you into one thing. It's got food, it has beer, and it has other stuff if you're not interested in beer. Like, it's like... And... Uh, <laughs> I just took my coworker there. This is one of the greatest things ever. Uh, he's from Kansas. On a date? You took him on a date? Well, no. Don't tell... Well, maybe, but don't tell his wife. So, uh, <laughs> she's out of town. So, anyways. Uh, we went there because he's a barbecue guy. He's from Kansas. And so, so you got to try this place. So, we go there. The beer's good. He likes the beer. And he said the barbecue was a 7 out of 10. Hmm. And I said, this is the only place you're going to see ever... That has Texas style barbecue. That's also vegan. Has vegan options. It's like only in California. <laughs> it's like welcome to the West Coast, my friend. It's like, are you shitting me? It's like, yeah, it's mac and cheese. We just got it's vegan. They have some salad stuff. They have like, I think a vegan option for some of the meats now. Like that. How many Texas style barbecue places are you gonna go to that have vegan options that are in like know. a cool? I, had, I just had chill. Memphis style barbecue that was vegan. Yeah, it was pretty good actually. In California. Oh, it was in Tennessee, though. Oh, wow. That's, see, that's even crazier. That's a little it was bit... in Memphis. Woo! Yeah. So, that's... But, yeah. It's got something for everybody, is my point. Like, you Agreed. Know, um, great yeah. place. So... So, what did you think about the number one? Really, just, just quick notes. Because we're going to probably talk about them in depth. But for what we thought was on the label here... Um, very... very hot four without being too bitter. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Surprisingly, like... You can tell me that that's a double all day if you. I was blind tasting that. I it tastes like a triple. It tastes like a triple, but it also didn't have a lot of body to it. It was a light body beer. Yeah, for I. I um, it's but very interesting it, balance. It it did bite like a triple. Yes. Um, like she thick. Like there's no yeah. way around. Mm-hmm. Oops, she, excuse she's me. A, she's a thick 
ballet dancer. Sure. That's what I felt like. You know, uh, and of, like, I mean that endearingly, right? I like very thick. flexible. I like thick, yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> like right. thick. But, all right, so now we're doing first anniversary, even though it's the second camp. So we started the second. We're doing first because first anniversary is a double dry hop, unfiltered, double IPA. Also at 9%. Also at 9%. <laughs> oh, West Coast double. Yeah, so it says on the little... So we're going from yeah. West Coast to Hazy's. Well, is, is it so? That's another thing we should talk about after we pour this beer. I've seen hazy, I've seen unfiltered. Um, if you go to Santa Cruz, the there's uh, uh, there, there's a. Well, actually, it's not the same. Oh, keep going. Entirely the same, thought, right? Yeah. And then uh, when I think of Humble Sea makes a foggy IPA, you know, like okay, that, that might just be a marketing thing. They're the only ones I've seen make a foggy. Some IPA, of it I so. do think is Brewer's intent. Um, double dry hop, unfiltered, double IPA. So with Simcoe and Mosaic, I'm gonna like this. So, uh, perks think, of reading the ingredients on the can. Yeah, you can just yeah. read a can and be like, "No, oh, this is good. I'm gonna like this." They're on the can, I think that says a lot for Urban Roots that I didn't even look at the ingredients in the can. I just bought the beer. I'm like, "We're gonna have this. It's it's happening." So, oh, this is still alive. Is it really? Yeah. Well, it's warming up here on the table. It's kind of a hot day today. It was 102. That's um. So that's nice. All right. So that's a nice pour. I'm gonna. Ooh, okay. Um, nice pours. Very nice pours. All right, cheers. Have to drink gorse. Bad luck. Oh. Mm. Wow. That's nice. You know what? I'm going to say something really weird. When I put my nose in this one and I tasted it. You know what it's like? Hmm. It's like, um, I used to have Labradors, like big dogs. Yep. I guess they're, they're medium-sized dogs. My sister's got a big dog. But <laughs> Labradors, we used to have a couple labs. This is like when they're kind of, you know, they're happy to see you. You walk in the door, they jump on you. Mm-hmm. It's like a, it's got like a, a f- the, the nose feel. I want to talk about nose feel between this and the previous beer. The nose feel for this one is a little bit more um, hearty. It's got a little bit more robustness to the nose, and then the beer when you drink it follows up. It's almost like they're they're matched. The previous beer was opposite. This one's more like matched. Like I feel like it's jumping up on me and giving me a hug. It's, it's looking funny because they're both double dry hopped, so it's yeah. interesting that the nose is different. Because I agree with you, the nose is different. But the nose on this one matches the flavor of the beer more than the previous Agreed. one. That's what I'm saying. So it's like it's like your favorite dog jumping up on you and saying hi after a long day. You know, it's like oh, it's a friend. Hey. The last one tasted like it was definitely nine percent. I would be a little bit shocked. Like if I if I had to guess this off the top of my head, I would probably be in the seven to eight range, maybe. The unfiltereddness I think gives it a really nice mouthfeel. It kind of helps it slide some of that yeah harshness from the previous and one. And so, where oh. go ahead and say what you you were gonna say. I already said it, man. This is like, this is nice. I actually, the reason why the dog thing came up is I I tried this. I've had two sips now, and I have the same happy feeling that I got when I went to my friend Sean's birthday party yesterday. And a French bulldog walked up and decided I was its best friend. And I just got to pet that dog for five minutes. Any day I get to pet a dog randomly, like it's like a surprise. It's like a surprise party. I'm like, oh sweet, like, I'm having a good day now. Yeah. This is that's how I feel drinking this beer. I'm like, yeah. The previous one, uh, the the West Coast was good. This one's like, oh oh, this is nice. Yeah. Mm. Um, side note, when I used to wear Red Robin. You know, uh, for our listeners, I'm, like, obsessed with Golden Retrievers. That's what my family has owned my whole yeah. life. We have had a Golden Retriever. I love those dogs. 
working at Red Robin, I had a co-worker say, I need you to go to the patio right now. I'm like, okay, mm. fine. So I go to the patio in our, in our restaurant, and I see a couple sitting out there with their golden retriever, and I walk out, and they are you Jordan? Uh-oh. <laughs> uh, I am. Like, we heard you love golden retrievers. Uh, I do. <laughs> and they're uh, like, okay, I need you to get down. You need to get down on your knees. Like, first mm-hmm. of all, no man likes hearing that. And uh, handed me a treat. And say, okay, now put your left hand up and say, high five. And I have a treat in my hand. And I put my left hand up. I was like, all right, high five. And the dog, like, <laughs> with my hand. And just, like, gently went <laughs> and sucked the treat out. Like, yeah. didn't even wait for me, but gently was just like, okay, that's mine. That's the game. I slap the hand and get the treat. Mm-hmm. And like, holy cow. And so that's why, you know, my fun fact, my mom's dog knows how to give high fives and fist bumps and give me 10 where she jumps up. Mm-hmm. And gets there you go. That dog was the inspiration for where I was like, I'm going to have a dog at some point that can give me a high five or a fist bump. Just imagine the dog, like you're having a backyard barbecue party, dog walks by, you just stick your hand out, fist bump, boom, dog keeps going. Oh, What's, so up, What's up, bro? Actually, now my mom's dog will come up to me every now and again, and like she'll initiate the fist bump. Oh, nice, nice. Yeah, so she'll come up and do like the like the paw, like she's trying to shake hands, but she's actually waiting for me to and like meet her in the middle. Mm. Uh, it's pretty dope. It actually like makes my day when the dog comes up. It's like, hey, fist bump. I'm like, yes. <laughs> Good dog. Well, is that Lucy? Because she loves you. Lucy yeah, is like... My, she's, I'm her favorite oh. person. Feels so good to be a dog's favorite person. Um, oh, but yeah, you're right. This is this is good. Um, it's good in a really weird, specific way for me. It's like really nice. I don't know how to explain it. Like, mm-hmm. I, I, literally the same feeling when I, I randomly surprised got to pet a really cool dog yesterday. This is this is like a really awesome. I will beer. say, you and I like Simcoe is such a good hazy hop. Um, oh yeah, and Mosaic has a ton of utility, and Simcoe and Mosaic are more of our scene than Idaho Seven and Chinook. Like, yeah, I'll just leave it at that. You don't see those very often. It's well, Idaho um, Seven more often th- than Chinook, but oh really? I was gonna say the opposite, maybe. Huh? I was gonna say okay. maybe, but in any case. I, I mean... Less often than Simcoe and, and Mosaic. Yeah, I, I think. Yeah. Well, Mosaic, like you said, is utilitarian. It's, it's, you can use that hop for all kinds of stuff. Yeah. And when you're, you know, a brewery booking a, a hop contract, Mosaic is an easy sell because you're going to use it for everything and you can use it a variety of ways. And so, mm-hmm. even though you're pegged in with one hop contract, you can really get away with a variety of things. But... Yeah. Um, yeah, this is good. Mm. So we do need to go try the chicken joint that Urban Roots opened up. Um, but yeah, Urban Roots, they've also done some really cool things with loggers. You know, oh, I think... Have you seen... You have, oh, George, I, I got to take you there. I just remembered they have three loggers on right now that are... Um, like one of them is a variation of the other. There's like 10 degrees, 14 degrees, and then they have a check logger. Mm. The 14 degrees is like... An Oktoberfest lager almost. It's got like some of the similar medium bodiness to it. It's mm. got some of the sweetness. Cool. Oh, that's such a good beer. I couldn't find it. It's only on, on uh, tap, I think, at Urban Roots. But it's, excuse me, it's been there the last two times I've been there. 
So you're you not going to find a ton. You'll find some heavy stouts. You know, they have the chocolate milk mustache. Yeah, that's that's um, that's one of their releases they do. I think annually or a couple times a year. Yeah. They don't do like can releases the same way. They do like those kind of things. Right, and yeah. then they don't really do like kettle sours. No, and like they're not really in the sour game, but they do some really great IPAs. Oh yeah, and they do some really great lagers, and oh. they do some stuff in between there, because I think their target is all right. We want people when they order their food, what are they drinking that goes with their food? I think that's why. I heard a story when you and I first started going there that it was either the chef or the brewmaster was flown in from out of state. They found the person who so would this make is, beer this with is, the food, right? This is sort of hearsay. Ah. But someone that I served at Red Robin ordered a craft beer and I started talking breweries. And they said, oh, you're into beer. They're like, yeah. Like, oh, have you ever been to Roots? Like, oh, that's one of my, like, one of my spots I'm looking into checking out. And they said, hey, you should... Look into going because I heard they just got a new head brewer. It's either a new head brewer or a new head chef. It was one of the two, right? One of the two. They got a new person from New York ah. who was working with the existing party, and their vision was let's do beer and food that go together. Yes. But I think that's where, like, you're talking about lagers. I think a Roush beer. Or the Roush beer they came out with was a longer. Oh, man. It was so good. And it goes with everything on that menu. Because it's all smoked. It's brisket. It's smoked mm-hmm. salmon, smoked turkey. <clears throat> so far, listeners, a uh, Roush beer is a lager that uses smoked malt. Yes. Which we first learned about when Sierra Nevada <clears throat> put, like, it was on our, you know, we talked about this a couple weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Um, our infamous self-guided tour, basically. Oh, yeah. The olive cart tour. Like, what do you want to see? Everything. And they showed us, they showed us a like sort of like an abacus of grain, right? Like this just whole oh, yeah. table, <laughs> big, this big chart that had like plastic plexiglass over the top, and it had all the different grains. Yeah, and, like, and all so these Chris rows and I and... were like looking through it, and oh. sure enough, we knew every single type of grain that was on there because we dug in except for one. It was like smoked malt. Yeah. Wait a minute, what style? uses smoked malt mm-hmm. and the girl did a fantastic job love her she was so good yeah and I'm like oh uh, you know if you've ever had like a roush beer like oh shoot and then i heard of roush cars two <laughs> but it was like <laughs> two or three months later we went to urban Ooh. roots and they had a roush beer on draft i was like give me oh, a pint yeah. of that that's good <coughs> don't worry I'll, I'll edit it out we'll see um I won't. Don't, uh-huh. don't tell Jordan. I'll leave it. Yeah, have another one going. <coughs> you get three and you're asking for attention. It's true. That's it. Bless you twice, but my you know, sneezes hey, usually come in twos. They do. It's weird. Jordan doesn't like a lot of attention. Uh, it's true. <laughs> just enough to be under the radar, but not too much to where I'm totally undersold. Uh, just enough to take up space. So can I add in another, like a side note to that same exact grain conversation that blew yeah, my mind? Hundred percent. You probably. You probably knew because you read about this shit. You actually like read books and all this stuff. I just drink the beer. I, I'm not. I'm a bad craft brewer person. But we were talking to her like, oh, stouts. They use you know it's chocolate malt or dark malt, whatever. There's like you know different bittering malts you can use. I was like, that's what they use in stouts. And she's like, actually, they only use like 10 percent or 15 percent of that malt. It's still mostly two row and <laughs> you know. Regular. It's still yeah. It's at least eighty-five percent base malt, yeah, and then ten to fifteen percent specialty grains. Like, were you serious? And she's like, "Yeah, trust me. All a bunch of us here at the brewery have tried. We've all learned the hard way. You can't use one hundred percent chocolate malt or dark malt. It doesn't work. It's just terrible. Yeah, there's not enough. Oh. Actually, there's not enough. 
no, starch, yeah. which aka sugar for it's the beer, out, right? Yeah, and so uh, and when you say sugar, in the context of like biologically, it's sugar, but in the context of what we think of as sugar as the average human being, mm-hmm. it's a little bit different. But yeah, yeah, you're right. Of like that brewery trip where it's like what, like pretty much. As far as the grain is concerned, 85% of all beer is more or less the same. It's all a base malt. Mm-hmm. So that's the crazy part is like uh, making a, a Kolsch, you know, light ale, and then making a stout. You're 85% using the same. Most, yeah, most of the same grain, which is crazy. That blew my mind. Which so. is funny. So if you think about it, like if you're a brewer, you're pretty much just buying a shit ton of two row. <laughs> Two-row malt and Pilsner malt, probably. Those are probably the two big things you're doing. And maybe you'll buy... Like, this is why you don't see a ton of... If you think of, like, the brewery model... Like, this is an interesting fact, probably, um, for our listeners. Of, like, why are IPAs so prevalent? It's because you can literally use one grain for all of it. Mm-hmm. And then you cover up the lack of complexity in the grain bill with a couple hops and because each hop that you have a contract for can be used at least at least three or four different ways you know you Mm -hmm. cycle that over three hops even yeah gosh that's if you use all three that's 64 different combinations basically Mm -hmm. not to mention the combinations of well i guess it's probably just 64 combinations like single hop double you know like Mm -hmm. and that's just three or four possibilities and a lot of people who brew beer would probably tell you there's more. Yeah. And so like you only need one kind of grain. So like that's part of why the the you know the IPA game is so strong is because if you're a brewer mm-hmm. and you're brewing these big batches having to get up and down off those ladders that are 20 feet tall to get into these big brew kettles mm-hmm. and dump you know just one sack which a whole sack seems like a lot but when you're putting you know eight sacks of two row in mm-hmm. and then three or four sacks of a secondary grain you're like all right that's it that's what we're doing mm-hmm. as opposed to okay and the sack of this and sack of this like you have to order things in bulk to where it doesn't make yeah. sense like you just like all right let's put a bunch of two row in what if what if because you and i and this is a topic that maybe we have to explain more in the next beer we were just talking this weekend about or i guess this previous week Sours using the same sour base. Mm-hmm. What if you made the same wort base, and then hopped it differently? It's pretty much it's what probably, people do. Yes, I was going to say that would be what, very economic. Yeah. To your point. Oh, uh, now it's they're going to a lot of what happens. They're going to find us and kill us now. Um, told the secrets. The brewery scene. Yeah, it's. Uh, <laughs> I've I've uncovered the secret, and to be honest, ruined a lot of the magic for myself. But <sighs> the payout is. Yeah. I have also, you know, empowered my homebrew game of like, oh, shoot, I should start. I really need to start brewing my own stuff because mm-hmm. I can do the same things for cheaper. At least I think. You know, we'll so, see once I start brewing if I feel like I'm actually doing a good job or not. But All right, listeners, we're going to play a game. Leave a comment or email us, text us, whatever. Um, we're going to do a game called High Low. You're probably familiar with it. Um, I'm going to say within... 15 episodes we're gonna be drinking beer jordan made so you can say high or low are we gonna be more than 15 episodes or less than 15 episodes from now so that mm-hmm. would be episode 42 i guess 
It's a pretty good secret to throw out. I might not be there for maybe another year. I also might be there in three weeks because that's fifteen episodes. We, we're putting out a lot of episodes right now, but maybe we do one, two month. So that's you know eight months, six, six to eight months probably. That's what uh, I'm saying. Is that higher or low? So listeners, take a guess. Are you guessing higher or low? Are you going above or more or less? Are we doing prices right rules? Or, I don't think we have a prize. I'm just I just want to hear what people think. Uh, so I'm just gonna <laughs> muddy the water. I thought this morning it was gonna be at least another year before I was brewing beer, but on a Facebook group, some dude's getting rid of a bunch of free equipment, and I'm picking it up. Yes. Uh, this week, and so it you know just. Not that I'm broke and can't afford to. It's just I'm choosing to put my money into other avenues just in case. Yeah. Right now. But you came across a bunch of free stuff. Who knows if that happens again with some other equipment you're looking it's for. It's true. So, for, then, if I, I'm, then I'm brewing, you know? That's <laughs> what I'm saying. So I think 15 episodes from now, like episode 42, yeah, that means you probably have your stuff up and going by episode 40. You know, it means it, so. I'll tell you this. There's not gonna. I don't think there's gonna be much middle ground. Either I'm gonna beat 15 like hardcore, uh-huh. or I'm gonna way overshoot it. So. Yeah, that's, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> Listeners, you leave your guess in the comments. Is it yeah, gonna be more 100%. or less than 15? Let's let's hear it. And uh, I think we have. We actually, if you're on SoundCloud, you know, we, you can actually leave a comment. I think. It's true. I don't think we have any, but. You have a surprisingly high number of listens on SoundCloud. Yes, I don't know what they are on the rest of the apps, unfortunately. Well, especially because none of us actually listen on SoundCloud to have that yeah. many listens on SoundCloud. Thank uh-huh. you for those of you yeah. who listen on SoundCloud because we were pleasantly shocked. Um, yeah, to see that, and, and it's people all over the world listen to beer buddies, which is yeah. kind of silly because we're two guys in, a, in an apartment just talking about beer. Yeah, but. we're in Northern California and uh, just chilling in an apartment. Actually, this is not the podcast patio. This is the, the podcast uh, living room slash uh, it's a one-bedroom apartment. Live so stream living it's room. It's the okay. live stream living room, which is also the kitchen, which is also my office. So it's we're very um, uh, we're, we're the humble beginnings here. You can say true. So for years, very appreciative uh. of, of all the listeners from all around the world that think we're interesting. Which yeah. Oh hey hey hey. Um, you know Valerie is listening to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so is. Uh, Russell, you gotta give a shout out to Russell. He's been plowing oh, yeah. through these. Okay. Russell, and my boy. Yeah, he'll probably get to it in like three months, but it's cool. Yeah, <laughs> he's, on, he's on episode ten this week, so uh, zombie episode, great one. Uh, Russell, don't don't screw up the software. I'll disown you. I told you you work for Josh instead. Great, love that. <laughs> this is surprisingly drinkable for nine percent. Yes. I really, I really would it's, put the oh. guess around. I'm going to fine-tune it a little bit. It's probably, I would guess, between 7.5 and, and 8. But probably trending more towards the 7.5. Yeah, because I think the mouthfeel of it being unfiltered, there's a lot for it. Yeah. It helps it quite a bit. So, unfiltered to most people means what? It's just not filtered. Okay, and so what does that do to the appearance of the beer? Um, well, we've seen some unfiltered beers that are pretty transparent. Well, we've seen some unfiltered beers that Gen- are pretty cloudy. Generally, generally speaking, generally for an IPA, generally speaking, unfiltered IPAs usually are cloudy because there's a little bit more right. stuff. You can't see through it. Which for a lot of people, the closest comparison I can think of is if you're drinking a Coors Light and you put your hand on the glass, mm-hmm. you can see your hand. Yeah. Versus if you're drinking a Blue Moon, you put your hand on the oh, glass. Oh yes. You can't now for different reasons. Blue Moon isn't unfiltered. Blue Moon uses wheat. 
Um, but that's that's the I think that's where you're going into the, the what makes it a hazy instead of an unfiltered. Yeah. Uh, well, and so here's my thought process. This also tastes like a hazy to me, mm-hmm. but it was double dry hopped. So yeah. typically, the biggest thing between a hazy and a West Coast is yes, the filtration process at the end happens mm-hmm. in a West Coast and doesn't happen in a hazy. Mm-hmm. But that's not the biggest difference. Mm-hmm. The biggest difference is that West Coast IPAs or pale ales mm-hmm. use a lot of hops in the early and middle stages of the boil. Yeah. Which brings more of the bitterness to the hop. Mm-hmm. Or bitterness from the hop to the beer. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So the earlier you add the hop, to the boil when you're brewing the beer, right? You're steeping your work before mm-hmm. you add the yeast. Mm-hmm. The, the more bitterness you're going to get from that hop. Okay. There's some variance in the types of bitterness and the types of flavors you can get depending and, on when you add them. But and temperature and all that, yeah. You agree. Yeah. But okay. no matter what, in those circumstances, the earlier you add it, the longer it's in the boil. Therefore, the more bittering character the hop that you add will add to the beer. Mm-hmm. So, at 175, if you add, a, add it early, it gives more bitterness. Even at 180, you add it early in the boil, it gives more bitterness than later, right? Like, yeah. those other parameters, they do affect things a little bit, but just for our listeners, Easy cookie cutter answer. The earlier you add the hop, the more bitter it's going to make the beer. Yes. Yes. So that's a West Coast game, is they add the hops early and middle, and they will do some things later in the boil, but the bitterness from the West Coast style typically comes from early and mid mid additions in the boil. Mm-hmm. Hazies use mostly late additions and sometimes boil, like mid. Mostly late. Like they add okay. it in late in the boil. Which produces more of the fruity quality. Yep. And then they'll also dry hop it, which we talked about, you know, after the beer has mm-hmm. been fermented. Once the yeast does its thing while it's still chilling and the yeast has kind of chilled out, they'll add hops, you know, in a little muslin bag, let, let it sit. And so what's funny is I think this unfiltered beer is less aromatic. Than the West Coast we just had, but then I mean I think the first one we had was more aromatic, which is a little bit interesting because I think the hazy style is more known for the aromatic things. Yes. But my curiosity about unfiltered versus hazy is I wonder if it's sort of like okay for our geometry people, Hmm. a square can be a rectangle, but a rectangle is not square. So, in beer terms, what I'm wondering is if a hazy is an unfiltered IPA, but an unfiltered IPA isn't necessarily hazy. Meaning, what if there's unfiltered IPAs that make use of early boil additions the Mm -hmm. same way West Coast IPAs do, but they just don't filter it, allowing for some of that mouthfeel of a hazy, but it provides a different experience. Or, it's just a marketing ploy. So, no, it's not a marketing ploy. I actually can answer this for you. There, I have two um, specific references I can give you. Okay. One, so the other un, unspoken or like a very rarely talked about IPA is the American IPA. 
I've been trying to figure out what the hell that actually is, right? It's some sort of container for a certain type of beer. We don't know. I think, though, that Left Eye Right Eye is an American IPA. Is Left Eye Right Eye transparent when you pour it out in the glass? Or is it a little bit cloudy? It's transparent. No, it's got a little bit of a thickness to it. Left Eye Right Eye? Yes. It does. A little bit. Not much. Okay. A little bit. So I think it might be unfiltered. I'm using air quotes here, people. You can't see it, but unfiltered, maybe it's not very uh, high in particulate in the first place, but they don't filter it. So my second uh, point of reference is Hazy Little Thing from Sierra Nevada. So what makes that is it's, all, it's also not filtered, but the reason why they call it Hazy instead of unfiltered is because they actually add oatmeal to that beer to add to the protein content Mm. to make it cloudy on purpose. So like oh, yeah. we add wheat or add oats to, to actually increase the protein content. I think that is Specifically the Specifically hazies is more of an oat thing. This is hazies are the square. Unfiltered beers are the rectangles. If you're going back to your reference. Yes. So hazy is a very special type of four-sided I think your beer. second point is much stronger yeah. than your first. Yes. Something can be filtered and still be a touch cloudy. It can be, or it can be like we've had unfiltered beers that are transparent. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? It's a very weird. It's there's a lot of the second the protein box. content is a really good point. Yeah, that's actually I didn't think about that. I give people a hard time too, like the people that just are absolutely in love with hazy little thing. I think it's a great beer. When I drink it, I feel like I'm drinking lemon oatmeal. Mm. It's very oaty. I can taste the oats. Like I know they added oats to that. I think that's what we asked. We asked them when we were in Sierra Nevada. So that's right around they came out with the, the first hazy little thing. Now they got a whole so, bunch. So, based on your recollection, is there oats in this beer that we're drinking? No, I wouldn't say so. I think it's just unfiltered. I think so. When you use plant material and you're using grains and you're There's boiling no rye. them, I don't think so. Rye I usually. I think I agree with you. I think I'm a mm -hmm. hard no on the rye. Mm -hmm. I'm a maybe, but probably not on the oats. Like, they well, could have snuck the oats past me, and I would accept that. I don't think they did. I think what they did is a pretty solid... We're talking about 9% IPA, so mm -hmm. they used a shit ton of grain. Uh-huh. And then we both had wort. It's, it's essentially not filtered at that point. Wort has a little, little color to it, a little cloud. Um, and then, because because you get... With the sugars, you also get some of the proteins. You boil out the grain. You get some of the grain proteins in there. And the same thing with the hops. If you're boiling the hops... Or if you're dry hopping, you're getting some of that plant material. Not just the lupulin, not just the flavor from the, the pollen in the middle of the flower, but the actual small pieces of the plant material because it's in a liquid. Some of that plant material is water-soluble. Okay. So you get some of that. Not not talking about leaves. You're going to see leaves floating in the beer. But chemically, some of those pieces of the, the hop flower will break off into the water. And so I think the fact that it's unfiltered. This one was pretty thick. You know, it had, you couldn't see through it, but... I don't necessarily think it's a hazy. I don't think they added grain or some sort of um, high-protein grain after the fact to make it really thick. Mm -hmm. You know, like some of the Moonraker beers we have or, or what we loved uh, New Glory for with some of the hazies was great. Uh, I don't think they did that. I think they just made the beer and then they just didn't filter it. That's my impression. Yeah, they, they really towed the line on that. Mm -hmm. um, and maybe, maybe, just maybe, we're making much ado about nothing, perhaps. But I do think there's some nuances there that are important to kind of mm -hmm. highlight. All right, grab the other two. All right. <clears throat> we drank that one faster than we drank the first one. 
Is that it, or do we just like the second one better? I really like the second one a lot more than the first one. I'm not saying the first one's bad, but that second one just... I got a really nice, warm feeling inside. Mm-hmm. Just really... It's just nice. I don't know. It was just really... I don't know. It just... That one made me really happy. So we're doing that one number four. So I left it in Agreed. The, yes. I left it with the uh, the structure, the four pack, on it. Number three, which is actually the third. We, yeah. we got this one. We nailed it. Yeah, high five. <laughs> but two, that was two out of four. That was a bad. There we go. That's a good high five. It peaked it out. There we go. Two one, right. two one, three four. So this one, Traveler's Welcome version three, third anniversary. You'll be happy to know it's only eight and a half percent. It is a Unfiltered, high-density, hop-charged double IPA. Okay. So in my mind, I'm thinking uh, Torpedo is hop-charged, but I think you and I also had an interesting conversation with the owner of Device one night. With I his... wasn't there. Oh, you weren't there. That's right. It was with Matt. Mm-hmm. That's oh. Fun. Keep going. Sorry, Tell your story. I wasn't your, there Let me have it. your cup. Let me pour you some beer. Let me regale you with a tail <clears throat> while I pour you some ale, my friend. Ooh, I like the color of this one. Ooh, it's got a nice color to it. It's a little bit lighter colored than the last one. So, we're there at Device, and my friend, that's right, because my friend Matt moved down to South Sac, or Pocket area, and we're hanging out. And device down in Pocket, Sacramento, actually, is really cool. It's got a restaurant and everything, really good food. All the beers there, you know, everything you expect. And we're sitting there talking to one of the guys, they're checking us out, we're at the end of the night. And I said, hey, man, you know, it, there was like a, Extra hopped IPA, and I was like, "How do you guys make this?" And the guy, the cashier, he's like, oh, "I think we use like a, you know, we just like get extra hops or whatever." And this other guy was just walking out of the kitchen, walking by, and he heard us ask the question. He's like, "Oh, actually, uh, we use a machine to infuse more hops into the beer." I was like, "Oh, is it like a torpedo from Sierra Nevada?" And so my friend Matt and I were like, "Oh, cool, let's see, we're talking beer." He's like, "Actually, what I use is a, um, I think he said it was a low, um, low mass flow rate." Uh, pump of some kind. I forget what he says, a specific kind. But basically, it's a high-pressure, low-mass flow rate pump that he uses to actually um, do the similar, uh, you know, high-density or high-profile high hop. Like, you're just forcing hops through this beer. Like, it's just, you know, ramming the beer through the hops, right? Similar mm-hmm. to a torpedo, but it's doing it in a little bit more gentle way. Okay. But it actually takes less time. Oh, cool. And he's like, I don't know, it's all the specifics. Uh, you know, I'm kind of a I'm nerd. And I'm like, oh, really? He's like, yeah, I'm a civil engineer. He's like, oh, we're mechanical engineers. We'll talk nerd all day. And so we started going, we talked to this guy, long story short, gave us a bunch of samples. Really cool dude. We're talking about beer. I mean, he cracked open a, a four-pack out of the fridge because he didn't have anything on tap and just cracked open a can and gave it to us for free and tasted it with it. Like, we're sitting there for like 40 minutes. We're trying to check out, but we're sitting there with the owner of device doing like just random samples and talking about beer and talking about machinery and stuff. Really cool. And so, I don't know. I'd like to talk to Urban Roots because when you see high-density, hop-charged beer, that was the first place that came to mind is that Device has a, a method of doing this in a similar way mm-hmm. if it is done the similar way to what I assume is done on the label here. Sure. So, long story, but <clears throat> cool story. But least okay. aromatic of the three. Ooh, what are the hops in this one? This one smells... Does it have Australian hops in it? it smells Australian. I have not let, yet looked at the can. What do you think, Jordan? 
smells a little grassy. The common denominator between this and the last one smells like mosaic to me. Mosaic? Okay, I'm getting a little bit of a melon here. Mmm. And a little bit of grass. Maybe it's just earthiness. I don't know. Alright, can I look at the camera? So, no, you don't wait. I'll say mosaic and Eldorado. Mosaic, oh, that's Eldorado's a good call. Okay. Uh, but maybe... You're right, there's grass there. And so it's either... Hold up, before you tell me, because I need to spread it. I didn't look at it. My hands, my hands so covering the label. So it's either the the grassiness is either some of the earth tones that come with Eldorado. Fair enough. Or maybe there's a Nelson or Galaxy twist. But I think yeah, I was going for Galaxy. I would. I'm I'm leaning towards just Mosaic and Eldorado. Okay. Okay. I'm thinking no, galaxies. You're, maybe in. you're there's, right. Maybe there's smell galaxy. It. Smell it and tell me that's not galaxy. That that tropical. I can't tell you there's not galaxy. Okay. Okay. I can't tell you there's not. I, we... I just look at it. Can we what look? Is... Okay, I'll just look at it. Okay. So so, um, citron mosaic and Eldorado. Oh, Jordan got it. Oh, I didn't get citra though. Citra is probably <clears throat> what's confusing me a little bit here. Is the citra probably same with the Eldorado combined? Oh man, it's, I could have, I could have. No, the second it was you galaxy. said melon, I was like, oh, there's got to be El Dorado in this then. <clears throat> but depending how you use galaxy on some of these hazies, galaxy does give you a little bit of a passion fruit grassiness that does yeah. kind of have like a honeydew flavor if you're not careful. Like if you're not paying attention, you're like, hmm, this is a little melony. Hmm. But this is, oh. I, I'm still, I'm on the fence. I don't think they used rye in the malt, but they could have. Like this is one of those beers where if they told me, I'm like, ah, oh, okay, that makes sense. If they told me they didn't, I don't like, think oh, they okay. do. Like this, this is different than the the urban root, not urban roots. This is urban roots. This is different than the like the new glory old school new glory moonraker trends. It's got but, a similar color though. Look at that but, color. But it's that, every hazy kind of has that color. Yeah, it's that pale yellow that's like, oh. Like if I grab okay. like orange juice with foam looking color. Yeah, so you and I have always talked about Moonraker. Uh, they're not very descriptive of what's on the can. I still buy their beers. Oh, it drives me fucking crazy. <laughs> yeah, me too. Me too. But buy their beer. If I grab a can and it comes out to be like this pale yellow, orange color like this, I'm like all right, we're gonna have a good time. I'm excited immediately. I just see the color of the beer. We're having That's a good true. time. And this one, okay, so if I told you this was a Moonraker beer, would you be surprised like, if you didn't know it was Urban Roots? Okay, honestly, I wouldn't be surprised, but I probably wouldn't be impressed. This is close to what they make called a Humble Hermit. Mm. Or Holy Hermit, I think it's called. One of those two. Uh, it's very close. And that's honestly part of it's because I do get jaded with Moonraker. Because they'll charge $24 for a four-pack. $24 for a four-pack. Four See, there's a lot of fours in there. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and then not put the ingredients on the freaking can. And it puts, it puts me in a bad mood. But They know you'll just... Also, you'll buy fuck it. you, Logan. Love you, Miles. Oh, there you um, go. You had to get it in. 
Oh man, I, I wish we we got a few in in front of Logan. We're all hanging out the other. It was night. really great to explain to him that "fuck you, Logan's a bit that's been in." Which <laughs> we, the reason why we say it's because he doesn't listen to the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, I never realized that we didn't tell him that I say "fuck you, Logan" every episode. Why should we tell him? He should listen. Uh, he should support his friends. And and then like, love you, Miles. Uh, <laughs> makes me laugh, but. This is good. This is... Okay, so there is a point where you're expecting it to have more presence in your mouth, and it just doesn't. That's what she said. Yeah. I had to agree with her. Still, it's got the, the stank to it, though. It's got that bitterness in the back end. But there's, it's like it skips a step. Yeah, I wish... I wish more of... I think, now that we've tasted it... It definitely tastes more of the citron mosaic. Mm-hmm. I wish the Eldorado was able to shine through a little bit more. Maybe it's hard to make that hop shine through without it being like primary. It's good for dry hopping. Very good for dry. That's where all the fruitiness comes from. But maybe they. Um... I know, but I think if maybe maybe it's notable. It would be notable in its absence. Like if you were to take mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Eldorado out of this beer. Maybe you lose some of it, but no. The other two probably just dominate. They're just they're just strong. It's true. Hops. It's true. So. I mean, Citra and Mosaic are both more beta oriented hops. Or sorry, alpha oriented hops. Where Eldorado is more of a beta oriented hop. But as far as like yeah, Eldorado is the bottom. That's what um, beta means. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Eldorado would rather lay there and take it than get on top and do the work. Um, yeah, that's right. We still love you. It's true. Mm. Yeah. Hey, for every bottom, there's 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 a top that wants to to be with the bottom, you know. So I, I get it. Is it a power bottom though? What does that mean? That means where it's on bottom, but it's still grabbing the bus. Eldorado's not a power bottom. Okay. Eldorado's just a bottom. I, Eldorado hops. I tried. I tried to stick up for you. It's not a power bottom. But you gotta stick up for yourself. Bottom, honestly, I'm gonna stick up for Eldorado in that it's not a power bottom. I think power mm. bottoms are awkward. Like, bitch, if you want to do the work, get on top. Like, what are you laying there for? Mm. Sometimes it's a pleasant surprise. That's um, great. Uh, you know, <laughs> I'm gonna leave it. We're gonna have to edit this too much. We, uh, we can't all be citra hops. That's all I'm saying. We could aspire. Not with that attitude. Yeah. I missed it, but that's the joke. Do um, <laughs> to edit it? See, cut it. Right at the good point. Oh. <laughs> Damn it! Uh. <laughs> what if I told you, Jordan? You actually didn't miss that opportunity. And the listeners would never know. I mean, if you want to edit it that way, that's fine. I'm good. But, but I'm going to leave all the rest of this in. It's true. I know. <laughs> I'm aware. <laughs> The, oh, I'm going to edit this out, is just as much of a bit as, hey, fuck you, Logan. Um, <laughs> hey, guys, stop saying crazy stuff on the podcast. I want to edit it so much. So. This isn't a, it's not a safe space. This <laughs> is really not. <laughs> so what do you think the difference is between this one and the last one? So one thing I think we sort of omitted in our consideration Mm-hmm. It was we just read how the beers were branded, right? Mm-hmm. And then decided. So we saw West Coast and three hazies. So we went West Coast first. Mm. 
Which is why we're not drinking them one, two, three, four. Yeah. And so that's why they're two, one, three, four. And we saw a double hazy. And we saw heart, uh, hop charged double hazy. And then we'll, the next one's more intense than that. We'll save that for when we get to it. But if you look at the ABV, and this is where I think we have quite a few interesting conversations when we get to hindsight and rank the cans. Mm-hmm. The first two were nine. This one's eight and a half. So if we were going ABV, this should have gone first. Yeah. I don't think we we made a bad choice, though, for order. I think this one... Okay, great. So as far as complexity walk me goes, through what the difference is, because I don't know. I'm not sold that this is more complex than the last one. I don't think it is, but the hops are different. Okay. I think this just has a little bit more hop flavor, a little bit more intense. This one has a little bit more bite to it. The previous one was really mellow for an eight or for nine percent beer. This one's got a little bit more bite to it. Okay. A little bit. I'll buy it. I'll buy it. Is that it? Just, it's, it's... Yeah. Hop, dense, so it's got a little bit more bite, and that's it, and... I think the number one with the Mosaic and Simcoe, I was, it almost, I know it's not sweeter, but it almost tasted sweeter, it was a little bit fruitier. This one's not as much, somehow. Mm-hmm. So. So... Hmm. The ABV comes from the what? The malt. Well, it comes from the yeast. So ABV yes. is produced by the yeast... Eating the sugars from Eating the, malt. the sugars from the malt. Yeah, yeah, you have to add a shit ton of malt when you boil it to get the sugars out so the yeast have sugar Agreed. to turn into so, alcohol. Essentially, what we're saying here is... <clears throat> this should have less malt and less hops. Less malt. Well, it has less malt. Mm-hmm. In which, and we know that because it has a less ABV. Mm-hmm. Um, or at least, rather, it fermented less of the sugars. Which, mm. But um, for it to have more bite, my concern is if it has more malt, it needs more hops to stand up uh-huh. to that malt characteristic. And so at 9%... You know, like proportionally, maybe what I'm asking is, do you think proportionally the last one had more of a hot profile than this one? I think what, if you look at number one and number three, they're both unfiltered. We just talked about unfiltered. Mm-hmm. Um, they both have a pretty significant hot presence, uh, a little bit more grain, uh, a little more sugar content, with, I guess initial gravity, we'll say, for... Um, Number one, what if all they did was change how much grain they used and they used the same amount of hops in the boil? And that's why this one isn't as pal. It's, it's got a little more bite to it and it's got lower ABV by just a little bit. I can buy that. You see that? I don't, I don't necessarily think that's exactly what happened, but I think maybe, that's a perfectly not. plausible conclusion. Yeah, but that's for our listeners, maybe that's the best way I can describe what the difference is between these two beers. Because number you one... the same amount of hops with just a little bit less grain. Yeah, because number, number one, which we drank second, uh, was... Really sweet and had a good mouthfeel, which you usually get a lot of that from the grain particulate if it's not filtered. And then this one is a little bit less fruity. It's a little more bitter. The hops definitely have a bigger presence in this number number three. And, and so maybe that's the Eldorado coming through because mm-hmm. the last one had two alpha hops, mm-hmm. right? And then this one has two alpha hops. They're different, whereas the last one had Simcoe and Mosaic. 
This one has uh, Citra and Mosaic. Mm -hmm. And then um, Eldorado adds an extra element to it. And so maybe that's where, you know, maybe the difference is, is there's two alpha hops plus one supporting roll and there's less grain. I think, yeah, I think in this case, the, the earthiness is part of where the bitter is coming from. Maybe the Eldorado was added as a bittering hop specifically because you already have some... Well, it usually from... doesn't function like that. It doesn't function as a bitter hop. No, but in the combined with Citra Mosaic, maybe out of the three, it has the least amount of the sweet fruit characteristics and thus comes through as a I mean, more maybe, earthy, you know... I mean, the, you know, that's the punchline for all of this is you can do some really insane homebrew sleight of hand... Mm. And people be like, "What'd you do?" Like, "Oh shit, I didn't even know you could do that kind of thing." So, yeah, um, but that's—it's very interesting. These beers aren't that different. Two and three, or I guess one and three, or whatever. Uh, but they are different enough. Mm -hmm. To most beer drinkers, they probably would taste similar. You know, they wouldn't be able to taste the very slight differences. Like, like you and I would drink these two and notice there were different hops in these, but. I wouldn't be able to tell probably, excuse me, which hops were different. Like if we, if we just did like blind tasting, I wouldn't know that Mosaic was in both of these necessarily or like this one had more Citra, the other one had, well you probably, you're a Simcoe, uh, Simcoe uh, Hound Dog. I would have, I, yeah. smell it out. So. <laughs> yeah, I can smell the Simcoe, but, like, but the rest of it, <laughs> they're so no. They're like really, they're almost like, um, I wouldn't say cousins, I would even say like brother-sister beers, like they're very close. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't be surprised if these recipes are very similar. Well, and so that's the the next thing that you and I have sort of talked about. Um, so, like, when you see, like, a sour series from a brewery, mm -hmm. oftentimes it's the same base, and then after it ferments, there's a thing called secondary fermentation, mm -hmm. where you just kind of let shit sit in it for a minute. And so, like, you'll see some breweries, and I'm just speaking broadly, they'll come out with a watermelon version, and they'll come out with a mango version, and they'll mm -hmm. come out with a peach version. And then a mixed berry version. Mm -hmm. They're like, oh shoot, I wonder how they keep doing that. They just keep adding stuff to the same beer. Yeah. So they'll start with a base sour. And then they'll add watermelon puree. Mm -hmm. Or they'll add real watermelons. Depends on the... Yeah. Like, don't yeah. be fooled. Most breweries, even though it says made with real fruit, like, when you read the cans or bottles of fruit puree... It says made with real fruit, or even juice at the store, right? Made with real fruit, and then you like read it, and it's like two percent juice. Yeah. And it's like okay, like Starburst. Yeah, and that kind of thing. <laughs> um, you know, it makes it does. You know, it does make you wonder. So there's four ingredients to beer, right? Like, let me just walk people through this real quick. Mm-hmm. There's four ingredients to beer. There's water, malt, yeast, and hops. Pretty much a brewery, the water is going to stay the same, for the most part. Yeah. Maybe they have a, like, maybe they'll temper it for ales versus lagers. Like Sierra Nevada, off the chain with their water. Mm. But for the most part, mm. even that, like, there's only so much you can do to edit your water. Yeah. Like, fun fact, like, yes, you can bring up certain minerals and drop it down the same way, like, if you have a pool or a pool guy... They can yeah. adjust the pH balance and the chlorine levels. But at the end of the day, the water is the water. Yeah. The same way, like, in so many other things, like, you can only be really what you are to your core. You can only edit things so much. 
Yeah. Before, like, you can't just arbitrarily genetically engineer water to be whatever the hell you want it to be. Like, you mm. do have to start with the base point and then go from there. Yeah. Now, so, this one of the four ingredients has to stay the same. Mm. Breweries do have what's called a yeast culture, where they have the same, for most, like, microbreweries, they have the same handful of yeasts coming through. There are some differences. They don't use the same yeast for everything. No, but, but they do use... For batches, a lot of the big places actually clone their yeast between batches. Oh, great. So they have the consistent between different yeasts they use. Right, and that's called a yeast culture in yeah. the brewery. Yeah. And so then, that's two of the four ingredients. So water is pretty much going to stay the same. The yeast is going to be a couple variations, right? Yeah. Now the grain, we talked about that a little bit earlier. Like, somewhere like Track 7 or New Glory. Like, New Glory used to talk about this a lot. They're going to use American 2-Row, probably add some rye. Mm-hmm. Especially if it's a hazy, yes. and then do whatever they're gonna do with their hops. And so, in the context of this episode, is going to be all four IPAs. You made a point, like we've learned that sours are all the same base sour, uh-huh. and then they basically add whatever syrup or fruit or puree they want to add to it. Yep. And they brand it as a brand new beer, and that's fine. I'm not even mad at it. It's actually really smart. But with with IPAs, you brought it up a little bit earlier. What if it's the same malt and the same yeast mm. and the same water and they're just using the hops in a different way? I think yeah. there's some of some of that happening, but they at least just use different hops for just, the same beer. With these two beers, man, there has to be... I mean, and just use a little bit different ratios, right? Like yeah. they used a little bit less grain mm-hmm. and a little bit more hop. And use some different hops and maybe use them in a little bit different ways. But, you know, 75 to 80% of the idea is relatively the same in this beer. Yeah. So, I guess to your point, which one would you say has more or less body to it when you drink? The mouthfeel. It's a trick question, I think. I would go with the last one has a bigger mouthfeel. A little bit, but it's also because it had a little bit more grain. Probably. Right, but that's this one has more of a hop character to it. But the 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 mouthfeel is very similar. Mm-hmm. The color and the thickness, the haziness are very similar. Yeah. Uh, the nose, not the smells, but the amount of aromatics is very similar. Okay, agreed. Right. So I think that's to your point is they just changed the recipe up a little bit. Mm-hmm. And they're all. And, it's and a I think that's different smart. Beer. Like even from like, not even just a brewer like in the wool of your eyes kind of thing from a marketing standpoint like it's all travel travelers welcome ipa yeah. travelers anniversary first year second year third year fourth year anniversary mm-hmm. it's all kind of the same thing and so i think that makes sense that they're just going to nuance it mm-hmm. and what nerds are going to sit down and split the whole four pack and dissect the differences between all four right mm-hmm. i mean we are you know and, and that weekend that i went i just happened to be there for the anniversary party you could have done a flight which, if you're not much of a beer drinker, this, these two would have tasted the same. But I think you and I would have been able to taste slight differences. But I, also, I would have tasted the Simcoe in the, in the second yeah, one we had. Yeah, that would have been pretty much. But I mean, that's I mean, they're very similar. But and the grassy quality of the third one, we probably would have guessed they changed out Simcoe for Galaxy. Mm-hmm. Been been wrong, but it's I mean, but the way they did it, man. They, if you're gonna have to sub Galaxy, because sometimes Galaxy is hard to get. Mm-hmm. This is a good Galaxy sub. It's true. It's true. Yeah, you really threw me for a loop, and you're like, tell me it's not Galaxy. Like, oh, 
I'm not convicted enough to tell you it's not Galaxy. All right, ready for beer number four? Almost. You, you worked ahead of me. <laughs> she did most of the talking. Pro tip, you know, if those of you that are listening that want to get into beer, uh, you know, at least near us, there's quite a few stores. And you can, even in Oklahoma, I could find a couple where you can buy single cans mm-hmm. and do a mixed four pack and just try a bunch of things. I'm going to tell you right now, you're going to try a lot of things you just don't like. But pay attention to what they are. Mm-hmm. Please. Please. And this is where, you know, Chris and I started playing a game where it was probably for, oh, excuse me, man, about three months, Chris and I did not buy a beer that didn't have the ingredients listed on the can. Oh. And it was, we wanted to um, learn... What we were actually drinking. The same and way, like... We talked know. about this in the Sierra Nevada episode, right? Mm-hmm. That, that the fact they use Mosaic and Tropical Torpedo blew our minds. Yeah. So what else could hops do, right? Yeah. And so, so we, we, you know, like... For me, in my own personal journey, the closest comparison I could make was, you know... I started paying a little bit of attention in sushi restaurants mm. to what I was ordering because I would just kind of order like whatever because it was just yeah. like a roll. Like I'm just a roll guy. So I just order a couple rolls. Yeah. But I started paying attention and I noticed that the rolls that I really, really liked all had yellowtail in them. Ooh. So I've just noticed like I like yellowtail. I also like eel. I like mm-hmm. snow crab. Like those yes. three things. Um, it's not seafood, but I also like when cream cheese, cream cheese is in my roll, right? Like I just like mm-hmm. those kinds of things. So... The same thing when you're drinking beer, it's really easy to say, oh, it's just beer. But if you if you drink, like if like, oh, I just drink IPAs, you're really doing yourself a disservice because I don't know about you, but like Idaho 7 is nowhere near the top of my favorite hops. And so if you stack Idaho 7 and a couple other hops that I'm not super familiar with, I'm probably not going to grab that beer if it's right next to a can that uses Simcoe and Amarillo, right? Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, shoot, I want that one. Yeah. Or like, uh, what was it? I think the first time you and I had Enigma Hops was actually at field work. Yeah. And on one of my work trips, I saw, and I don't think you got to try it because I had a rough week. I drank all of them. But I bought a four-pack of, it's called Enigma Engine. Hmm. And it was a pale ale that just had Enigma Hops in it. Mm-hmm. And so that's something like, if we weren't paying attention to the hops, I mean, Enigma hops are so hard to find. They're always different. It's a very interesting beer experience. Yeah. Uh, you know, and like, I think, I've said it a few times on this podcast too, we see Citra on a, on a beer, on a can. Um, I think there's like five different ways to use Citra. 
So if I see Citra and it's a hazy, I'm like, eh, okay, well, this is Citra Dry Hop and Citra Lupulin, or a Citra Cryo. I'm like, hmm, okay, maybe we'll uh, see what's going on here, mm-hmm. you know? <clears throat> so if you pay attention, uh, so I, I don't know if I talked about this on the podcast or not, but when I first started drinking the IPAs specifically, uh, not only did I start paying attention to more like what you're saying, what you're eating or what you're drinking, what you're getting into, uh, I noticed that by stretching my palate and actually actively trying to taste what these hops do, taste the nuances and the, and the filtered versus unfiltered and whatnot. I think one of the first heavy beers I got into was Hoptologist, mm-hmm. which now is like whatever. But I noticed that my palate actually got more sensitive, so like food tasted better. Yeah. I could smell flowers differently. You know, mm-hmm. like it was, it was a weird thing. So don't short yourself. And, you right. know, the fun part, one of the really fun parts, I think, is that everyone's palate is very sensitive to different things. And that's why, like, Chris has talked about, he just made a joke that I'm sort of like the drug hound for Simcoe. Like, if there's Simcoe, I'm like, immediately, like, there's something that goes off in my brain. I'm like, is there Simcoe in this? No, um, where, where were we? It was New Glory. Not Simcoe. Okay. Citra. Was it Sierra Nevada? Or was oh, it, Sierra Nevada. Because where? we argued whether or not it had a certain type of citra in the beer. You said it was like dry hopped. I forget what yours was. You, you tasted. I was early boil. And early you boil. Were, you were dry hop. No, I was dry hop, but my, to me, it tasted like a sour orange flavor okay. when I was tasting it. And then we were arguing, and I think the girl was like, "Yeah, we we're both right. It just depends on the temperature and when you add citra to it." So if you heat citra mm-hmm. up too much, it gets a little sour. But if you add it at the beginning of the boil, it tastes like this. And just our palates were sensitive to those different flavors. But we were having the same beer. But we had two different experiences even with the same beer. Yeah. Literally poured at the same time. Yeah. Which is very funny. From the same six-pack, too. And like, we argued about it. <laughs> <laughs> it was like, actually, you're both right, Demi. Uh, oh, yeah. Man. I think the funniest part... the fun, Well, the, the Simcoe moment and New Glory was super funny to me because your buddy Matt was there. Oh, Matt, we're talking about you a lot. I hope you listen and, to this, uh, this podcast. I was drinking it. I was like, there's Simcoe in this. And Chris was like, no, there's not Simcoe in this beer. Like, mm. the fuck there isn't. There's Simcoe in this. And Chris went into the, the little fridge and grabbed a four-pack and showed me the recipe. And like, I don't care what you tell me about this recipe. Well, I don't the, care that the recipe... Wait, on the can, right? On the can. Because the can, this is at New Glory, right? At New Glory, right? And New Glory put the ingredients on the can. And Chris is like, no, read this. There aren't, and I forget what the hops were, but I looked at those hops like, no, wasn't Simcoe. none of those but, hops. And then we went up, like Chris goes up to the, the counter and said, right? and they were like, oh, by the way, we accidentally put Simcoe in that batch. Oh, so that's the funny part because New Glory, this is one of the reasons I used to like him. They, they not only put all the stuff on the cans, but like you go up to the counter and they had like the recipe cards. I could pull them up for you. Like, here, let me go through my Rolodex. This one was made when? Okay, this blah, 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 blah. And yeah, so he's like, yeah, so he pulled out the recipe. It doesn't supposed to have Simcoe in it, but we accidentally did it. And I was like, damn it, Jordan. <laughs> it was like, and that's, Ugh. there's, you know, I, Chris and I are both pretty good with hops, but uh, Simcoe is that, I think Galaxy is more of yours. You're very sensitive to the Galaxy vibe. I really like the Australian hops a um, lot, man. I don't know what it is. But yeah, if there's Simcoe oh. in it, nine times out of ten, like when I taste it, really, there's Simcoe in that beer. Uh, I did in Oklahoma like six months ago. We were at a brewery, and someone asked me, like, which, which hops are in that beer? Like, there's definitely Simcoe. 
The other ones are a little up in the air. I can't really taste the other ones, but it's Simcoe. And they went and asked the, the beer tender without me knowing. Mm-hmm. They're like, yeah, that beer is actually mostly Simcoe. There's a couple other hops, but it's mostly Simcoe. Nice. She's like, yeah, that's nice. that's my hop. That's my that's all reliable. That's my go-to. If I can just taste that one, like... Which is funny because Simcoe's used a lot in West Coast beers because it's got a little bit of a bitterness. Mm-hmm. If you use it the right way, it's got kind of a pine bitter with a little bit of herbal. And I don't like it, when it's used in that context, actually. Yeah. But, but Cryo Simcoe is actually my favorite of the Cryos. I actually really like what Cryo Simcoe does for a beer. Interesting. In any case, I'm going to finish this. Hell. <laughs> what was that, a French horn? Ants. <laughs> I said ants. It's one of my favorite, uh, I don't know if you're on TikTok or Reels on Instagram or whatever, YouTube, whatever. There's a girl, and I wish I had followed her page at the time, but oh. I saw her on Instagram oh. where she's like, uh, explain to me one of your useless talents. And she took like a small whiskey glass and was doing like a muted French horn, like ragtime <laughs> song with her mouth. I'm like, oh, this is so cool, but it is absolutely worthless, but it is still so cool. Yeah, that's how I feel about my... Uh... Like a Louis Armstrong, like yeah, there's there my go. snapping is yeah. has no real use other than I can. Sound it did. Like you played a concert with it. Sure, I had I commissioned, a commissioned. I commissioned a, a composer. No, <laughs> it's not that it had a use. It was that I created a use for it. Yeah, that's different. So it's not it's not useless. You actually used it for something. Well, it, so okay, you're right. So it was useless, mm-hmm. and then I made it useful. And now it's useful. <laughs> kind of. Um, yeah, there you go. So, who else is going to be able to play that piece, though? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's going to be like a class on it in 10 years. Um, Body percussion at Sac State. Like one of your, your emphasis for your masters. That's going to be one of the, uh, what do they call those? The the core pieces you have to learn how to play? Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> the recommended repertoire. Yeah, it's going to be like stairway, <laughs> stairway to Heaven for guitar players and the Jordan snapping piece. You have to learn the finger snapping concerto. Yeah. That's so stupid. Um, you know some Bach. My you know some... masters. So I did the snapping in my undergrad. My masters was popping balloons. No, okay, that wasn't the emphasis though. The <laughs> emphasis so cool. was drums of other cultures. You, you played uh, percussion of robots. So and specific, bad. you know, it's funny that my master's been that because now my dissertation is on those drums. But on the uh, balloons? Not the no, not the balloons. <laughs> Said my master's had an emphasis in drums of other cultures, and now my dissertation is on how to effectively teach those. It doesn't matter. It does matter. It's going to be, uh, what are those called? It's not an A2. What is it, Jordan? It's a, a core, like a... It's going to probably turn into like a method book. There you go. Okay. This it might be just like... be a dissertation, but it'll be, there'll be at least one publication in the field. Not that anyone who's listening is going to know what that means, but... Mm. Yeah, Maybe. getting my doctorate, getting a public, you know, getting writing a doc. Well, so I'm not, I'm not doing a research based degree, but I'm writing a paper, a very long paper. So mm-hmm. it'll be, you know, probably some odd hundred, hundred pages, hundred plus pages. Oh, but okay. Yeah, I'm on pace to like do two hundred. <laughs> I thought mine was going to be like 45 pages and done, and then I wrote like the first part of it, and it was 40 pages, and I was like, oh. So you're yeah. probably in the same boat so I was. So mine, mine <laughs> is on pace to be 100 pages without graphics. Yes. Which, that's and, an animal. That's a big paper. So like, it's probably going to be, whoo, the rough draft with graphics will probably push 200, and then my committee will probably machete it down to about 150, I mm-hmm. think. Which is cool. I'd rather mm-hmm. have like, hey, let's... Because, not like this matters, but for you, while we're having the conversation, 
it's do I say the information twice because it's more of a reference document mm. or do I say it once because it reads well from top to bottom? Once. It's not a lecture. It's a paper. If they want to go back and visit the topic, they can. It's not like you're saying it out loud and they hear it one time. So, but, but, the way my document's constructed, it might make more sense for people to want to reference just one chapter. And so things might need to be repeated or at least footnoted to say, hey, if you're looking at this concept, refer to this. So I'm not sure where the line is yet. Oh, you can, yeah, you can say it's what I discussed previously on page whatever. Here, let's do a cheers really quick because this is some actually something I've been trying to get onto the podcast. And I actually was going to ask you if you want to do a whole episode on it. And maybe we'll just get into it now. Of what? Of, hey, what have you been up to? Oh. That's the title of the episode. So which I've wanted to. We were trying to get all the guys together. We didn't end up recording that one. Well, we um, did, but... No, no, we didn't. Uh, no, it doesn't exist. <laughs> and then uh, the last one we did... Miles, I'll just say it for our listeners. Miles and I don't have a filter, and we said some offensive things. And hence so, the joke. Chris will just edit it out, and I've gotten them in trouble before because I don't edit You got them out. Miles in trouble. You well, haven't gotten me in trouble He told yet. me his wife doesn't listen, and she listened. I'm like, Miles, you're the, you said it. <laughs> I, I, if I forget to cut it out, I can't. I'm like, am I your safety blanket? Like, what am I? Oh. <laughs> safety net. I love you, blanket. Miles. I love you, Miles. Uh, fuck you, Logan. Uh, <laughs> you know, Logan never says anything bad. Logan just talks about sports oh, for man. half an hour. Miles, I mean, more me than Miles, but Miles and I dropped some doozies in that podcast. Yeah. But it's so, okay. So it, it didn't happen in that one. The next one after that was our Sierra Nevada. I think we were so jazzed on doing Sierra, Sierra Nevada beer. That's what we focused on. Ooh, did we but cheers? We did. Okay, good. We did. I just haven't drank it. I'm talking. drink or it's bad luck. Sorry, I missed mm. my, my, my moment. So, uh, you said it before I just drank, so it was good. So, uh, I wanted to do it the Sierra Nevada podcast. Obviously, I couldn't do it when I was doing my solo podcast because I wanted to start incorporating in some of the background guitar shit that I've been doing for this, whatever. I wanted to talk about what you and I have been doing, why we haven't dropped so many episodes. It's like, oh, hey, what have yeah. you been up to, so, man? Like, we're talking about your dissertation now. For, our, for our listeners, uh, the content, most of the blocking content has been because of me. Um, not only the usual, I've been out of town and in school for three or four months at a time, but this, starting last August... August 2021, I took a position teaching percussion at Sac State, my alma mater, while I was also finishing my doctorate at OU. And so I arranged for them to allow me to teach a hybrid curriculum mm. at Sac State and arranged with my teacher at OU where I'd get my teaching done most of the week and then would fly back and forth every other week. Um, and so... Um, one week I'd be in California, one week I'd be in Oklahoma, basically. It's a little bit more complicated than, than that, but that's the broad strokes of it, is I was flying back and forth every other mm -hmm. week and paying out of pocket because it was actually cheaper based on contract bylaws and assistantship yeah. nuances that if I kept, if I went just to Sac State, I couldn't keep my assistantship at OU while I was finishing school. And keeping my assistantship and uh, allows me to not pay out-of-state fees while I'm finishing my doctorate. And so mm -hmm. paying for airfare was cheaper than the out-of-state fees. So I chose to pay for airfare 
while having two incomes versus having the one income and paying for out of state fees. Yeah. And uh, worked a very, very unhealthy and grueling year. Mm -hmm. Um, Like, uh, for our listeners, I am definitely the classic workaholic and. Uh, I'm about that life in a lot of ways. Like I'm very willing to do things that no one else is willing to do, or at least very few people are willing to do. Mm -hmm. Um, But it was not without its toll. And admittedly, this summer I have um, had to physically pay the price of just like I took it took a toll on my body. And now I'm, you know, like. Um, like a simple one would be like, I'm probably about 20 pounds heavier now than I was at the beginning of the year. So I'm just, mm. you know, in the gym trying to work so, body weight off, that kind of thing. Jordan's also off. in really good shape. Um, <laughs> I'm not in that good a shape right now, but, uh, yes, yes he is. Don't listen to uh, trying to, to, to do that and trying to be really the best version of myself. Um, and then, uh, you know, I'm back being sort of my grandma's caretaker and also working on my dissertation. Mm-hmm. Hey, you're um, ABD now, right? So that's all you I'm about. officially ABD. So I haven't yeah. graduated from OU, but I did finish all my coursework. <clears throat> um, taking the job in California meant that it was going to take me an extra semester to finish the document just from a lot of school things. Like there was a series of big tests I had to take and um, advancing to candidacy and a lot of things that were going to take a lot of time. And so <clears throat> I just accepted that I was going to need to take three and a half years instead of three years, meaning six or seven semesters instead of six to finish my degree. And I was cool with that. You know, it's, um, yeah, that's what it looks like on paper. But really, it really what it comes down to is I needed an extra three months to write my, my dissertation over the summer to finish the degree. And uh, I'm cool with that. Like, it doesn't bother me uh, because... I really went back to get my doctorate so I could get a job that I liked. Mm-hmm. You know, I had teaching jobs prior, but like a lot of the big time teaching jobs don't take you seriously until you have um, a doctorate. Big time meaning collegiate teaching jobs in my field mm-hmm. don't take you seriously until you have a doctorate. Yeah. And so I went and got my job prior to finishing the doctorate, but then I get a pay raise once I finish the doctorate and that's the part of the plan and that's part of the, like the, the deal and... It's back in my hometown. It's back on my alma mater. There's a lot of really amazing things that couldn't be really, in a lot of ways, so thrilled for how my life has panned out because three years ago when I was going into the program was, um, you know, for our listeners, riddled with a lot of doubt mm. and a lot of, you know, like, that. God, I hope this works. I really... This I is re- before COVID. This is before COVID. Yeah. God, That's I hope this emphasis. works. And yeah. then finish my doctorate in the midst with, of a pandemic. With, no, no. Before COVID, this is with normal world and life circumstances, you're in that boat. And yeah. then there was extra obstacles that came up in the meantime. Yeah. And then you had to travel between states. I mean, this is crazy, man. And it worked out. Yeah. It, it is a little bit crazy, but um, I will say, like, it's not that my ability... I, I honestly think this. I don't think my abilities are beyond... Any, any, anybody, really. I think the only thing that you have to ask yourself is, are you going to pay the price? Mm-hmm. And not just for a day. Are you going to pay the price for three years? Four yeah. years? Are you going to pay the price for years at a time? And for me, the answer is yes. Like, I'll pay the price for years at a time. And for some people, the answer is no. Like, fuck that. I'm not doing that. 
Yeah. And cool. Like, I'm not throwing shit at anybody, but I think where I'd encourage anybody, because clearly we have a bunch of listeners that you and I have no idea who they are. Yeah. Um, if you're listening and you feel like you've got good ideas and you're grinding, keep grinding. Because I've yeah. listened to a lot of leadership or entrepreneurial podcasts where it's like some dude, it's like, yeah, I didn't think it was going to work out for me and it did. And that's me. Like, I, I didn't think it was going to work out. And it worked out perfectly. I got to move back home, be with my family and my friends, right? Like, mm-hmm. um, like we're beer buddies for life, obviously. But, like, if I had to take a job in South Louisiana, I was gonna. Mm-hmm. But I didn't have to do that. I got to move back to my hometown, take a job at my alma mater because my teacher was like, here you go. And I got the homie hookup. Yeah. And I'm qualified. Make no mistake, I'm qualified for the job. But also, it is, like, no matter how you want to cut it, like... Yes, I know what I need to know, but I also knew who I needed to know, and I got where well, you knew where you wanted to be, and you went there. Yeah, and so and it worked out, and I'm that's yeah. kind of what I've been up to, and I'm you know super thankful. Like I don't take it for granted. Um, that's kind of what I've been up to, just grinding <clears throat> and continue to work hard, finishing the dissertation, so I can really get that pay increase because you know money makes the world go round, especially and, out here. God, especially, (laughs) you know, we're recording this where at least American economy is about to take a tumble the next year. Well, yeah, I mean, you can't afford to drive anywhere. We're not even that. We're in California, one of the most expensive states in the American economy. That's about to absolutely crash. Like our economy is going to take a huge shit. Yeah. What did we get at uh, the store? There was a can of corn, uh, two packs of hot dogs, some buns. We got some juice. And, and I a got flatbread a, pizza. A flatbread pizza and a couple of frozen dinners. 30 bucks. There you go. You know, gas is $6.50 a gallon. You know, six maybe $6 depending on the part of town you're in, if you're lucky. It's crazy. It's just crazy, man. It's starting to go down. You know, getting under six is not rare anymore. Yeah, but you got you to look, but it's, it's happening. It's happening. But it used to be like a couple of years Our ago. Our housing like market's going to crash in the next year. Woo, man. Yeah. That's going to hurt a lot of people. Yeah. I wonder. So right now we have a can shortage for craft breweries. We already have a coin shortage. Uh, the cost of, of grain and, and, of course, the cost of fuel going up, the cost of shipping material like grain and pops to the breweries is going up. Um, we just talked about earlier. Um, I think it was you bought two four-packs and it was like 50 bucks. So it they were was, sours, right? It but. was two track seven sours, and this is where the like the base like sour thing really gets me. I'm not mm-hmm. calling out track seven, but like we used to think, oh well, it's a sour. Like there's a lot of work that goes into it, but yeah, ooh, little did we these know these kettle sours are actually a little bit simple, and so like they just taste yeah. good. And I think there's a little bit of, some of it is like they're adding real fruit. I think like fruits, yeah. fruits not cheap, but also like they're not they're doing some extract stuff too. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's twenty four dollars a four pack, and I worked in the industry, so I still tip, you know, for Cam release Scott. I know they just went to the cooler and grabbed cans out, but I can't tip less than ten percent. I just can't. Yeah. Like, I just, I believe in that sort of karma coming back. Like, I was a bartender. I depended on that money. And I, I just, I feel compelled to also 
pay it forward and make sure that people who are in the industry are, are making it because it's mm-hmm. a hard time for people. Yeah. You know, like part of what's going on with me too is like I move back and I get to live with family. Like I'm not paying rent right now because the economy is stupid. Like I'm just not going to waste my money in that way. Like I have zero qualms about living with family members and contributing and making sure that that relationship is equitable yeah. versus having pride. You know, no, I'm going to get my own place. I'm going to pay for an overly stimulated economy uh, and but in any case, yeah, I paid fifty. It was forty-eight bucks before taxes and tip for two four packs. And gosh, man, like pre-pandemic, those four packs were. I mean, no more than forty, like twenty dollars per four pack. Yeah, that was a lot. If you pay twenty bucks for a four pack, you and I were like, ooh, they better be good. Well, so I also just to kind of really add some clarity to that like I remember beer week like the mind shaker series at New Glory before they kind of took a tumble was $22 a four pack and we're like god for 22 a four pack like we can, for 12 to 14 a four pack we can go get something that's 90% of the quality yeah well we, we for whatever reason we got hooked in those mind shakers so we had to try them all it's true so somehow we got roped into buying them every time it's true well we learned the lesson from buying two four packs just buying one and yeah that's actually, isn't that one of the first times, I'm sorry to take it off on a tangent, but isn't that one of the first adventures we took into um, aging beers was we'd buy a four pack of the Mind Shaker, we'd have one, the first, and then we'd wait like two or three months and try it again? I think one, that was... That was our early days of, of Early days beers. of, yeah. like, I'll call it incidental aging, where really what happened was you and I bought too much beer for Beer Week, and we wouldn't mm. get back to the Mind Shaker until like two months later because we had so much beer we were working Dude. It's, yeah, before the pandemic, we, we'd spend like 300 bucks between the two of us. But oh, we'd go easy. To like, but we'd go to like six or seven breweries and buy shit, you know? Like, yeah. Holy moly. And I will say, those Track 7 Sours were worth it. Yeah. I, I really vibed with both of those Dude, Sours. Infinite Void from New Glory being, you know, what was it, $18 a bottle? That was worth it. That was down. Mm-hmm. I was down for that. Even like 24 bucks for like the maple or the chocolate version that did, you know. Higher end stuff was good. <clears throat> oh, back when Nuclear was killing it, you and I were paying eight dollars a can. Yeah, even for like Model Blaster, the pastry stout, we paid eight dollars oh, a can. Yeah, for a single sixteen ounce. Yep, eight dollars. We have some still, don't we? Have I don't know. No, if I we have drank one through it. No, we, we drank through it all. Oh, we might have to have an episode where we just pick through the beer vault. How fun would that be? Because between the two of us, we have a pretty gnarly beer vault. I mean, that would pretty much just be Goose Island. Well, I've got a bunch of Firestone Walker. We've both got some Sightails. I've got some random shit that i found. you got some Sours. It's true. That's what I'm saying. Like, maybe we just pick, like, two or three one day. A just, beer vault episode? Just a beer vault. Like, we're cracking up. So, okay. So, now now my creative brain is going to be, okay, I do weird sound effects. How am I going to make a sound effect that represents a beer vault opening? You know what I mean? You know, how am I going to make that happen? Which is fun. I can do it. But at the same time, like, holy shit. I mean, it's super easy to play a guitar solo over fireworks, right? That's true. We can do that. Well, let's talk about this beer really quick. <laughs> oh, yeah. We've been sipping on it, which, I mean, I don't know about you, but this one's taking me the longest. It's true. And then, what I was going to tell you, this one I don't think is unfiltered, but maybe it is. But this is the similar color and similar thickness to Left Eye, Right Eye. So, you pour it out in a glass. So, this is... This is branded as a double dry hopped hazy triple. Okay, so it's a little bit less hazy than the last two we just had. This one's a little bit more transparent, which is funny. 
Yeah, if you told see. me this wasn't a hazy, I would be like, oh, this is just a cloudy West Coast. It's like an American. That's what I'm thinking. This is like the American style. I'm telling you, like, we're going to have to now go to track seven, and we're going to have to get pints of Left Eye, Right Eye, and just show you. It's like it's like the same color. I would actually buy it. Now that we're looking yeah, at it, right? I would agree. It, this is like how it's it is. It's a little bit cloudy. So I, this is, That's the nuance between, I guess, hazy and unfiltered. Sometimes unfiltered means it's just got some shit in it, and sometimes it's clear, sometimes it's not. It's just don't filter it. All right, so step. we're gonna as we drink through the rest of this, we're gonna go through our two segments. So we drank these to recap really quick. We drank double dry hopped West Coast, double dry hopped unfiltered. I know I like the fine. I'll read it up here. It makes you happy. Uh, unfiltered high density double, and then hazy triple. The last three are all dry hopped. Well, I guess all of them are dry hopped. Everything's dry hopped. <laughs> yes. West Coast Double. Let's just say everything's dry hopped. Mm-hmm. Just so I don't have to say it over and over. But the four cans, West Coast Double, Unfiltered Double, Unfiltered High gra- or high Volume Double, referring to the hops, and then Hazy Triple. I think we drank them in the right order. I honestly do. Okay. I disagree. Um, Okay, but that's the rank. It's not. It's not the rank. It's, no, no, the, it's order. the order. This is my my order wouldn't change. Okay, my ranking will be to flip whoa, one whoa, and two. No ranking yet. Okay, we're just okay. Sorry. Did we drink them in the right order? I think we did. What's your opinion? Oh, for the listeners at home, he's gone number two, number four, number one, number three. So we did two one, two one three four. Right. That was our drinking order. That was our drink. That was the order we drank them in. And now the spirit of how we drank them, just so we can be clear, was we start with the West Coast and work uh-huh. our way through the hazies. Which, if you read the labels, that made sense at the made time. Made sense. Yeah. But because this one is not nearly as cloudy as the other two, and still has a light body, and he is referencing the triple, the triple that we're drinking right now, number four, number four, because it does have a little bit of a lighter body. I would argue it does. that you could drink this second and then transition more to the hazy. I would also hear this, right? Maybe the one we're drinking, number four, should be number three. Because the second one we drank was probably the easiest going. I'd also potentially hear this. Yes. I don't think we drink them in the right order. Meaning, so instead, of, instead of one, two, one, two, one, three, four, four three. one, two, four, three. Okay. But let okay. me put them back in the order we drank them in. Two, one, three, four. This is like a card trick on the street in New York. You're just doing that. And do a four, four, four can Monty around. over here. Yeah, four can Monty. Now rank the cans. Okay, hold on. Wait, 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 wait. Okay, I had to be sure. Uh, I would we'll say just shuffle the cans. Reach over and shuffle. You're right there, though. I'm way over here. Well, I don't want you to give it away. Just shuffle and I'll react. Okay. No, I'm making... Stop it. Mmm. Theatrics. Yeah. Yeah. Um, There's the goose and the gander. We're going for the gander right now. Oh. 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 Which is kind of funny, right? Because what we just discussed... You and I agree on some level. 
Mm. But it's it's I don't know. My so Chris my, went. It's similar to your drinking order. Two four three one. No, that's number one, right? Oh, one four three two rather. Yeah, one. Yeah, so the number go yellow, green, purple, blue. <laughs> they don't know the colors. <laughs> Uh, Chris went the second one we drank, which was super smooth, to the one we're drinking now, which is shockingly smooth for a triple. Yeah. Or for yeah, to the the hop. The basically the West Coast is last after that. Yeah. The first one we drank. So yeah, the 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 one that made me really happy. I think it's no surprise to anyone listening that the one that like gave me like the sunshine in my soul was number one miles i know you're smiling right now the hazy double made me the happiest um, uh, and then the number two or number four which technically is my number two i think this is a really good triple it's a really good triple man i like it not as much as the first one but i like it more than the other two okay if you gave me if you gave me the a choice at the bar, this is the order I'd pick them in. I'd say, okay, if you're mm. out of the number one, I'll take the triple IPA. Oh, you're out of triple IPA, I'd take the the what was that number three, um, the hazy with the El Dorado and the shit. Yeah, if you're out of that one, I'll take okay, I'll take a West Coast. That's fine, whatever. But that's kind of how I feel. Okay. Is it my turn? Not yet. Okay. First, we have to hear a word from our sponsors. Stop. I'm just kidding. All right, go ahead, Jordan. What do you got? What's your ranking? Whoa! Really? Really? Oh. I'm kidding. So what I just did was made Chris's one and two the same and stacked them. He also made Chris very upset. Chris's three and four the same. (laughs) Now, what I will say... Oh. Kind of what I'm getting at is I do think it's more like this. Oh, he has moved the can so there's a gap between one and two and three and four. What so I do think your, your one and two is actually one and four and then three. And two. Sure, 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 sure. <laughs> Agreed. This is where this is getting really fun. If you're drinking along with us, hopefully you're keeping up with the numbers. <laughs> so they're not drinking along. No one else has this mixed four pack. Um, no one else at least. So the first and. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> rather, it's the second and fourth oh. beer we drank. It's the hazy that made Chris feel like he's petting a dog, and the one we're drinking right now. Made me very happy. Uh, those two, to me, are head and shoulders better than the this like charged hop charged double is nonsense to me. I do think I'm willing. It depends on what you're going for with this third third and fourth in my ranking the hop charge double versus the straight up west coast yeah um they're both perfectly fine all these beers are good but i think this triple hazy and the regular double hazy are so good that i don't think this triple tastes like a triple it does taste like a hazy even though it doesn't look like a hazy that's kind of where i've I've landed yeah and so like if you wanted to make a case for the regular double hazies Fine, mm-hmm. but this hop charge double hazy is not better than either of these two, and neither is no. the West Coast. And you can make my point. That's why I stacked them was just really for conjecture. But I actually tend to agree with your rankings. It's just less interesting to say, "Hey, I completely agree with you." 
I think I think yes, I agree with you, but I think it's really our one and two are neck and neck sort of. Whereas yeah. one inched out two and three inched out four, but the gap between one and two is really where the places are. One and two in a, as a pair are much greater than three and four as a pair. So maybe maybe it's a matter of the first place and second place we agree. Uh, I, just take three and four. I don't even care what I'm talking about anymore. But uh, not that they're bad beers, but there is a difference between the. That's why you have a gap. And, and the listeners at home, sometimes we do gap the can rankings. We'll put them in a linear fashion. We have groupings of which ones we think are in the same tier and then some that are in a different tier. Right. I think number three and number two are in a different tier. That's a lower tier. Right, um, right. So Chris but, ranked them one, two, three, and four. I'm sort of ranking them as one, two, three is blank, four, five. Yes, there's a gap. So I would say between – like to, to your point where I, I agree – there are some times that I might want to drink that triple over that uh, hazy, but I think it's context. So like today, at you know, 3 o'clock in the afternoon on my porch when it was 100 degrees outside, I'd probably go for the hazy. Agreed. Uh, tonight, when it's a little bit cooler, it's dropped down to, well, it's only 85. I might go for the triple. Might go for a triple. If it's like wintertime but or springtime. I'd yeah. probably, and that's where I'm willing to just seed your rankings are correct. I'm willing to mm-hmm. seed... Yeah, more often than not, I'm going to grab this unfiltered double IPA. Yeah. Simcoe and Citra. Oh, no, Simcoe and Mosaic. Simcoe and Mosaic. I mean, that's a killer combo for a reason. You see it in beers all over the place. It's something I just talked about in my, my previous um, my solo episode before mm-hmm. this one. You'll see a lot of beers with the same ingredient. We see Simcoe, we see Mosaic, we see Citra all the time. All right, but... I mean, they they're, they come out different, mm-hmm. but they're usually always pretty good. Would you say though that Urban Roots successfully created four different beers yes. from the same base? The same, not probably not from the same base. Conceptually, maybe. I think probably from the same. I think the I think the grain's probably the same. They're all kind of the same color. Mm-hmm. They're all about the same ABV. Yeah, yeah. I so. think. Maybe okay, I'm wrong. Enough. I'm f- prepared to be wrong. But I think that they're definitely from the same family. Oh, yeah. I got that vibe that they're connected. And I think it's, this is an interesting thing. Had you not been able to taste them vertically for the last four years, you might not have realized that. Right? As a, as a beer drinker. Yeah. Oh, cool. This is the new one. They made the new one. Cool. I'll try the new one. But now that we got to try them stacked up all four in a row, we're finding these little nuances here and there. Do all of these beers go with food? I would say yeah. Same. I would say yeah. Uh, same. And we've had plenty of IPAs where like, mm, this is kind of the meat on the bone, so to speak. You know, like this mm-hmm. is really the focal point. Yeah. And uh, I'm, I I think they did a really good job. And I don't know that they've – I think they've definitely set out in the last four years to do something different each of the four years. Mm-hmm. But I don't think they've sort of planned it out, right? As far as like MCU will plan out chapters three oh. or four years out in advance. Are, right? are you saying like a year one they didn't plan all four of these recipes? Right. That's but, fair. But I do think they've made it a point to give each of these years its own identity. Mm-hmm. Now, case in point, what's the grade? One to a hundred that you're going to give Urban Roots as a brewery. As a brewery, I'd probably give them like a 92. 93. Okay. You know, like they're solid. 
I've had better beers other places, but I've also, I don't think I've ever been disappointed at Urban Roots. Anything. I, I mean, I've tried their dark beers, I've tried their lagers, like you said. You're grading just the beer? Yeah, just the beer. Okay. I would, if we're grading just the beer, I would agree. I would go 91, 92 if we're mm-hmm. grading just the beer. Yeah. As a brewery experience, I would probably give them like a 97. Yeah. Up to a 99 even. But that's, but, but I'm, I'm just, when you from you just the beer, just the beer, because we're comparing. I would, I would say 92, yeah. 92 is where I'm at. Yeah. So a lot of places that we try, we try a lot of cans. We don't get the brewery experience every time. It's true. Unfortunately. Which true. that might skew our numbers a little bit based on how we, you know, if we could try the place or try the can of the store, it's a little different. So mm-hmm. I agree with you that Urban Roots is one of the places. Like I, we had some coworkers in from out of town, from the East Coast. My, you know, guy I work with is from Kansas. And there's some other people I work with. Every time someone asks me, oh, I'm out, I'm not from around here. I'm just visiting for a day to see the factory. Where should we go for dinner? Urban Roots. Urban Roots. You like beer? You like uh, barbecue? Urban Roots. Go there. Every time. That's like my number one recommendation for anyone who wants to have dinner in the city who's not from around here. So I agree with you. It's like 97, 98%. Even if you wanted to get beer and walk to, uh, I think it's Uncle Vito's? Vito's. Something Vito's it's Pizza. It's a little, Vito's Pizza. It's a little, little bit of a walkway. Yeah, it's just down to R Street. You're good. It's pretty close. Yeah, Vito R Street. Yeah. Um, there's pizza by the slice. Like, oh, it's still it's worth. Great. It's still worth going oh. to Urban Roots, even if you just go for the beer. So pretty great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, any any other closing thoughts you have? So we kind of wrap this one up. I. I think Urban Roots. You, if you didn't know any better, you would walk in. Just in Midtown, south of Midtown. Like, oh, cool, I'm going to get a beer, and they have some good food here. Let's, let's have some let's have friends in town. Let's just get some dinner. Even if you thought it was just a restaurant. Mm-hmm. The beer's good. I think the fact that they play that, that card really well, that you could consider them a restaurant if you wanted to, but they also have this, this finesse where they also appear to the... Not just the beer drinkers in downtown, but the really hardcore, like the people that really love drinking beer. They appeal to those people. And I think this mixed four-pack, the anniversary vertical, is a very great example of how Urban Roots knows that, hey, we can make a lager because most people will have a lager with barbecue. But we can also make some crazy shit that people that like beer will know. It's true. That we can throw down and make some. I good mean, we've beer. gone to Urban Roots and not even gotten the food. You know what I mean? Just yeah. like, hey, we're not going to get the barbecue. We're just going to mm-hmm. drink. Because I mean, there's no way around it. Their food is expensive. Barbecue is expensive. Yeah, it's good, but it is pricey. And so, like, um, I said, like the um, the hot link there is one of my favorite things. Oh, it's good. The hot link is so good, um, and the the pulled pork is good. Like the brisket. It's good. Just get, you know, ten bucks for a couple of slices of brisket on a plate. Mm-hmm. Um, the smoked turkey's good. Oh yeah, the turkey low key. You know, it's yeah. not one of the things you gravitate towards, but the smoked mm-hmm. turkey's good. The um, vegan mac and cheese. The mac and cheese is good. Um, Somehow. Yeah, and for <laughs> um, people who want to support mm-hmm. like minority-owned businesses, mm-hmm. like it is uh, an African American family owns, owns oh right that on. business. Yeah, and so okay. like. Because um, cool. I know that's that's also like a hot button topic is making mm-hmm. sure that like with you know sort of economic disparities making yeah. sure that we're oh, yeah. supporting you know minority business owners and mm-hmm. being um, inclusive and strategic within that 
yeah. um, is also important. And so like that's another business that is like oh, sort yeah. of – I'm going to sort of inappropriately say I'm going to back up, you know, like a very appropriate comment with sort of a slightly inappropriate one, like a very sort of check the box of like if you're looking for that type of opportunity, make sure you're supporting that type of business owner. Mm-hmm. Because it does matter, right? As far yeah. as like economic disparity of making sure that we're supporting communities, um, like that. It like Urban Roots also ha- like, you know, is that type of business, and mm-hmm. so like, not only are they providing the right type of product, but you know, there's just so many, so many things that they have going for them. They that's what I'm saying. They're 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 dancing these these lines i think dancing is the right word because there's a little bit of artisticness to dancing but they are they are hitting key points for the type of people that we have in sacramento that would go to either a restaurant or a brewery yes and they hit all of them really well and minus the food they are certainly at least my third favorite brewery in the sacramento area yeah. potentially my second but as far as the overall yeah. experience they're at least my second and potentially my mm-hmm. first. You know, like um, two of the three track seven locations don't offer food. Mm-hmm. And looking, I uh, haven't eaten at the other side, full disclosure, the other track seven location. But while the food portion of that menu is a little up in the air right now, mm-hmm. I would rather, if we're going to do beer and food, Urban Roots is like, oh, we might as well go to Urban Roots. Like yeah. the second we're getting food involved, I'm like, oh, well, shoot, like there's really only one that we're going to go mm-hmm. to. We haven't even gone to their chicken joint. I'm sure that's yeah. fire. Yeah. Well, I think to your point earlier, you made this point in the podcast. Um, if you're going there on a date, they have other things than beer to drink. Over the summer, they also have the slushies. So you get slushies, you can get wine, other people's beer. They get their beer. Um, I have a friend in our, our group at work who doesn't actually like beer who likes to go there and drink their beer. Mm. You know, and then on top of that, they got the food, and mm. on top of that, it's a cool location. They got plenty of seating. The, the vibe is really cool. It's in a cool oh, spot mid The seating's like, good. The seating's good. When have you ever been? Like we've been to New Gloria Track Seven and had a hard time finding a seat. Mm-hmm. We've never had a problem finding a seat in New or not New Glory rather uh, Urban yeah. Roots, right? Yeah, like, like we have Friday night seven o'clock. They got seats. Yeah, they're full. They're busy. They got seats. They got seats. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's there's. Cool. I mean, they got these long tables, sort of cafeteria style, and which is very emblematic of like barbecue culture. Yeah, specifically Texas style barbecue culture. More of like the. This is what's cool. That seating arrangement is more like old school Texas smokehouse, like. Ah. Yeah, like sort of, sort of like a throwback kind of thing. Okay. Of like. A lot of those mm. old school, like Coopers, um, or you know, those other ones. Those names just escape me. Um, but like Coopers is a big one. But uh, those like old school Texas smokehouse, um, like locations. Like they have these just long picnic tables where you might be sitting six feet apart. There might be a, a little bit of a gap between you, but you're all sitting technically at the same table because the table's so long. And yeah, so for the same location, so they kind of have that thing going for them too. But I've never been unable to find a seat, mm-hmm. and every time I've gone, there's been a good beer, and it's yeah. been hanging out with just me and Chris, hanging out with Chris and his family that don't really enjoy beer, but they've mm-hmm. had a good time going with friends that were getting into beer. Um, That's my point. Is I've taken something dates. For everybody, there, I've taken man. dates to Urban Roots. 
you know, um, Chris and I have taken like we've we've hosted like a bachelor party there before. Like, oh, that's right. Yeah. Um, like, there's like literally every occasion. Not every occasion, but a lot of different occasions have worked, which really with a wildly different demographics, which. Mm-hmm. You know, just to whether or not you want to grade the beer higher than an A slash A minus, depending on what you count a 92 or 93 as in your little grading scale. Um, you know, it just speaks to the versatility of urban roots, which which is when I was like, are you grading the beer? Or are you grading the experience? Experience is a different thing. Experience, yeah. experience, I would put close to 100, right? Like, I think mm-hmm. pound for pound... From the from the average beer drinker to the newbie beer drinker to the advanced beer drinker, I think mm-hmm. Urban Roots gives you a hardcore A, mm-hmm. regardless of the experience. And in in my view, in that that way, it's ninety five plus. I think I would probably give it like a ninety nine at the very least, as far as yeah. the overall experience of you can get food mm-hmm. and it's good food. The one minus being it's a little bit pricey, but I understand like the type of food they're serving. Oh. It's not cheap to serve. Also, and so go early before they run out of stuff because that's also the part of the traditional Texas style. Oh make yeah, yeah, yeah. This much of this thing, and if you don't get there in time, and it's you, gone. You're like right, and it's not so. quite as extreme as you know uh, if you're into the Texas scene as sort of like Corkscrew or Truth or, um. God, the big one in Austin, that I'm, uh, Franklin's. Uh, yeah, and Franklin's. God, I was gonna be so irritated with myself if I forgot that. But uh, and and so many others, right? Like most of the Texas top fifty. If you don't mm-hmm. get there on the weekends before like two, like they're probably out of brisket. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not quite that extreme, but also like Chris and I have been there at like three thirty in the afternoon. Like we'll do some brisket. Like actually, we're out of brisket. Oh, we'll do some ribs. Oh, we're out of ribs. Like yeah. what? Do you, what do you have? We have chicken and turkey. I'll take the. We'll do one of each, I guess. Yeah. It's not uh, bad. It's not a bad choice. It's good, but yeah. It's just, yeah. They, they, when you move for brisket and you hear chicken or turkey, you're not in a good mood. You know, yeah. Like, and so, yeah. but it is good food. And so, like, oh, yeah. I think it's worth the price. It's worth the price point. Um, for those of you who like lagers, I think Urban Roots is one of the few be- fruit. Sorry, few breweries. Fruit. Few breweries that is doing some interesting things with lagers. Consistently. Consistently. All the time. And um, you don't have to... I've never really had to worry if my beer was going to go well with my food. I think mm-hmm. they've, they've done a good job of... Uh, they're not the most experimental brewery, but... Well, not well, yet, but we we have some insider knowledge of who just got started. Go ahead. Go ahead and started. drop it. Um, and I say just got started this months ago. Uh, I used to like... I, I, I wanted to revise my list from like an hour ago in the podcast. We talked about our favorites. Fort Rock was my favorite for a long time, and I think that's going to change because the brewer that made a lot of the recipes that I like now works for Urban Roots because she wanted to be more experimental than Fort mm-hmm. Rock was allowing her to be. So I think even though Fort Rock has had a significant um, range compared to most brewers, consistent, like not just like, hey, we're going to make this one-off this weekend. Well, like, If you go into Urban Roots, they make like they, – they have a spread, and the spread's there for a minute. Like. Yeah. You know, they're, they're like, we're making this beer now for a bit. And I think they're going to start making, I think over the summer they, they dropped their first sour. And I think the, the girl from Track 7, oh, or from, from um, uh, Fort Rock was the one that got Fort Rock From Track 7 to Fort Rock to now. Track 7? 
Yeah. She well, was. she she's the assistant head brewer? She's or? Pink Boot Society, too, which they make some good stuff. They have some very interesting and recipes. If it's the, so. If it's, so I do know that Fort Rock's assistant head brewer mm-hmm. was from Track 7. Hmm. And then Track 7, or Fort Rock, rather, was anticipating doing some more experimental things. And then they never did. Mm-hmm. And then now this person's moving to Urban Roots. Mm-hmm. And so I don't know if the person who moved from Track 7 to Urban Roots is the same as the person who moved from mm-hmm. Urban... Or track 7 to Fort Rock. Rather, Track 7 yeah. to Fort Rock. And then Fort Rock to Urban Roots is the same person. Mm. I have a feeling, though, it's probably... Because you and I are familiar with Fort Rock. And Fort mm-hmm. Rock, as good as they are, does not move the needle very much. They're, they're all about like their consistency and standards. Yep. They have their recipes that they like. Urban Roots is a little bit more diverse set of recipes, but I think it's only going to be beneficial for them to change it up a little bit. Mm-hmm. You know. They're... Man. Yeah. I mean, I've never been to Urban Roots, and, like, not... As soon as you see the wall, I, I, I always get excited. I, I'm always excited. I'm like, oh. But I think, you know, you and I, I think we both know that there there is room for some more different... Like, some more variety in yeah. the Urban Roots style scene and so if someone wants to come in and be like hey let's add some kettle sours like girl you go get it you know what i mean <laughs> like if she's yeah. the influence that does it great good for you let's go get it but yeah. uh but that, i think that's it really it's that's the input that i had yeah so you know chris and i've gotten um some good ideas from you know the the more recent sierra nevada episode we just did mm-hmm. um and we uh have another brewery spotlight. Uh, I won't tell you what it is yet, but I will tell you it's not from California. And um, you already know. You might have forgotten, but sure you know. I probably forgot. As soon as I, I have one beer, my memory is like, what was 10 minutes ago? What did you say? Uh, and so um, we do have more content coming out. Uh, I really appreciate the fact that while uh, I've been out of the state and coming up with new content has been difficult, uh, the listener streams have not really gone down. And no. so I'm, uh, for those of you listening, I'm super appreciative of you guys that oh, uh, for sure. while I've been um, sort of handling business in my personal life that like, Content is being consumed because this podcast, while it is definitely a, a side project for us, is certainly mm-hmm. important to us mm-hmm. to just put things out. Um, very, very appreciative of those of you that have been listening. And so, um, mm. yeah, so we, we do have, you know, while there's been sort of a, uh, a lack of content coming out, just know that there's quite a bit, quite a bit of content I think has come out in the last month. A month and a half. Yeah, we've got some stuff stacked up, and we got some yeah. more stuff coming. And so uh, you'll be hearing from beer buddies on a more regular basis. And if you would like, so so I've been doing a couple of solo episodes here and there that are very short. My recent one was on guitars. If you'd like Jordan to do an episode solo on hand percussion, uh, multi percussion, or drums, keys, <laughs> drums, uh, you know, shoot us an email, the beer buddies podcast email. Let us know, and maybe we can make that happen. Uh, you know, so sounds I, great. So I don't take all the spotlight for doing solo episodes. But yeah, keep keep tuned. I guess uh, stay tuned. Yep, we got more stuff coming out. Um, but yeah, until then, we'll uh, we'll talk to you guys next time. And cheers, cheers. Well, it's actually cheers. Cheers. Oh, we peaked. Yeah. <laughs>